Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. I'm a charger that charges through the night Like an orange bolt of lightning passing everything in sight I'm the best pal the Duke boy has ever had I'm thunder on the highway looking bad, bad, bad I'm a knight like the kind and shining armor With my polished body gleaming I'm a fighter and a charmer If trouble comes your way just ask for me my friends all know me as a General Lee I'm the General Lee A pistol puppet, steel belt, and cavalry I'll never let you down when you're riding with me Buckle up and I'll show you what I mean Take a look back there Sirens blowing, red lights flashing everywhere We'll cross the field and we'll be They'll eat us with compliments of me The General Lee I'm a hero And that's how I'll make you feel When you're riding shotgun with me And the law is at your heels I'm glory bound but when the chase is done I'll take off through the mountains and have fun, fun, fun I've got style Tearing through the curves Let my flag wave proudly to the people that I serve I'm number one and I will always be The pride of the South they call the General Lee I'm the General Lee A pistol puppet, steel belted cavalry I'll never let you down when you're riding with me Buckle up and I'll show you what I mean Take a look back there Sirens blowing, red lights flashing everywhere I'll jump that pond and we'll be running free And they'll go swimming compliments of me The General Lee General Lee. General Lee. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 266. Am I correct, Rich? That is correct, buddy. Yeah, and how are you, man? You're working, haven't they got you working like 47 days in a row at your, uh, your, at your job, something like that? Oh, close to that. Um, doing twelve <laughs> days in a row. I tell you what, I I I struggled this week to do five because I went into the city three days this week, and I just think the extra day, maybe of travel, getting up early, I was a shadow of myself today. Like I honestly, I was I was I was on like even, but after work and before the show, I had to have a lie down for an hour because I was that tired. I don't know what what it is with me. I don't know if my 
systems compromised. I don't know if the Russian hackers have got involved, you know, into the brain somehow. Um, but all I know is little Davy was a tired little cucumber today, a shadow of myself, basically. And um, But now I've had a coffee, I've had the caffeine flooding through my system. I'm a professional. I take up the crease, and I think we've got a great show ahead of us, Rich. Um, and by the way... Uh, Adam and Alan, guest, uh, did an episode of Legion Outpost this morning, man. Um, and it was covering... So I do want to mention that to signal listeners. If you are interested in our in our kind of spin-off satellite shows, we do Legion Outpost sort of at least once per month um, with Adam the Computer. And this week we had on an, a real Legion expert, even more so than Adam. Um, Adam, uh, Alan, sorry. And then... As well, we have Dread or Dead, which is more my cup of tea, and um, we do that. We, we try to do it. Sometimes we do a couple of times a month, but generally once a month. And you were on the last Dread or Dead, I think, Rich. Uh, remind me what we did. I can't remember. I just remember we did it. Do you, oh, geez, do you recall? Yeah, I'm struggling to remember what it was. Oh, was it? It wasn't Judgment Day. That was the one before. Uh, it was Stronium Dog, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the uh, Stronium Dog Mini and then also the... Um Sorry, Strontium Dog uh, Dread Mini and the mm. uh, Strontium Dog um, uh, Volume. Yeah, yeah. And because um, that was our Johnny Alpha interlude. And then we're going to do um, next up, I think we might even do Apocalypse War if you want to come on for that, Rich. Um, that could be a bit of fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, fun. so that, that that will be the next one. So I do want to mention that Sigla Doom, um, we've built an empire, obviously, built on uh, bloodshed and war, um, and in negotiations via force, um, you know, an unholy alliance with, uh, with obviously, Into the Night and Ray as gods of the game. We rule our peninsula, I, I would say, with an iron grip. Would you, would you agree, Rich, like police state style? That's how I kind of tend to rule the empire. So it makes me but if that was true, I can't contradict you, can I? <laughs> no, you certainly can't. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, kneel before the emperor kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but that's that's the vibe. Uh, you know, some some call it fascist. Uh, I, I call it strength. Uh, but regardless, the Silver Doom, uh, we do really enjoy all our listeners, and I am really grateful for all the new listeners that have come in. We've obviously had, uh, God, last weekend we had Chuck Dixon. Now, that was a hell of a lot of fun, that interview. I, I had as much fun. Oh, honestly, he gave us two hours of his time, two hours of absolute gold, I thought, Rich. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah that was great. Yeah. And the week before that, we had JM on. I mean, what a, what a double pack to have, just to sitting in the back pocket. JM Dimitrius one week and Chuck Dixon the next, and both of them were just fantastic. Um, really good, Really good two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyable, fun two weeks. We've got Val Semiex. Is that how you pronounce the name, Rich? Um, the artist coming on in early June. Um, and I do want to mention Ronald Acosta's already sent me through some uh, questions for him. Obviously, Rich, uh, this is an artist. You'll need to come up with more questions than my questions for artists, which will be terrible. Um, so, yeah, it, if anyone out there has kind of artistic questions and stuff like that, like for an artist... Uh, please feel free to send them into Signal of Doom either on the Facebook page or you can email us at uh, signaldoom at gmail.com. You can email me. You can Facebook me directly. I'm very available. Um, yeah, and we're happy to, to you know get, send those over to, to, to Val because I think it's going to be really interesting and uh, a change of pace because we've generally just had writers on. Uh, mm. Writers, their primary, I know, 
um, their you know their primary occupation has been writing in their career. So I think this would be a nice change of pace, and I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so if you want to uh, looking to support the show, if you're sitting at home thinking, how can we support Dave and the Empire of Signal of Doom? Well, um, you can join our Patreon feed for as little as one dollar per month, and if you go to uh, patreon.com slash signal of doom you can support the show it's very much appreciated it all goes towards show running costs such as microphones such as hosting costs all that kind of stuff and it really is a big assistance to me now rich how has your week been and what's been going on what have you been reading and watching outside of obviously what we've done on the show this week uh, not not much really as i said um mm. i'm it's day eight of my 12 day right Work week, and uh, I, all I've been doing really is just um, watching some uh, Last Man Standing, the um, Tim What's Allen. That? Oh yeah, com. yeah, yeah, the Tim Allen like sitcom thing. Yeah, yeah it's really I'm enjoying it. So I've yeah, never that's seen that episode. Yeah, okay, that was like his sequel to Home Improvement. Yeah, it, yeah. So it's basically uh, it's pretty much the same concept. You said instead of three boys, it's three girls. Right. And okay. The, the the humor comes from a very sort of you know alpha male. Yeah, you know, very like man's man having to sort of raise and be surrounded by women. It's actually very enjoyable. Okay, well there you go. Last Man Standing. It ran for a number of seasons before it got cancelled. It did like it's actually on Disney Plus. Yeah. Okay, it did seven or eight seasons, didn't it? I think nine, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say it ran for a long time. Um, my God, I and and reading just mostly it's just been Last Man Standing for you, Rich. That didn't work, man. <laughs> yeah. For me, I mean, I've I actually found this week I was just grinding away with the Excalibur reading because that's that's our trade of the week. Um, mm. That was my primary thing. I can't think of too much else I did. I was doing a lot. I've actually been reading a bit of prose. Um, I'm, I'm reading uh, Andrea Norton. Is it her say name? Um, one of her Witchworld books. I've been uh, I've been looking at and and various other things. But yeah, I mean, I was doing a hell. I think if it's a woman, is it Andrea? I don't know. Yeah, Andrea Nord. But you, you've heard of the author, I'm sure. She's a, re- a renowned uh, sci-fi fantasy author. I um, have heard of her. Yeah, yeah. She's very you know influential. She did this uh, book that I want to read called Quag Keep, which was or Quag Keep, which was. I mean, she was like considered one of the you know big big sci-fi authors of the 50s, 60s, and 70s and 80s. And she did uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the very first sort of novelization of D and D ever mm. and um yeah i i think just out of interest so i picked it up it's on kindle unlimited so i picked that up to have a read but uh, but i'm enjoying her witch world uh thing that i'm reading this witch world I, I got a couple of the witch world books just on kindle some of them are on kindle unlimited and i just sort of thought you know i, I enjoy i enjoy that kind of thing sometimes just take my brain out and just kind of relax so i i think i've been doing a bit of that now um we have some big news here. This is a big news week, so we'll get into it. Firstly, David Tennant and Catherine Tate are returning to Doctor Who. This is the quote. They're back, and it looks impossible. First we announce a new Doctor, and then an old Doctor, along with the wonderful Donna. What on earth is happening? Returning showrunner Russell T. Davies said. Um, he was obviously previously the head writer and showrunner between 2005 and 2009, overseeing the show's reboot after a bin off air for 16 years he's obviously now come back apparently he's sowing some misdirection as well there was a thing about how he's he said himself that he's been putting out some sort of faulty information to try to sort of trick everyone so i don't know if this is part of that or or what what do you think rich i mean who knows i mean Mm. uh, i mean 
if true, it, it has a, a slight uh, tang of, of desperation in it, I think. Sure. Um, you know, because, I mean, I think that's something you can work towards later. But, I mean, I think I think if that was true and they were coming, like, right at the start or in the, in the first, kind of feel like that's, a, you know, real damage control for, like, the previous Doctor. And they Al- really although it is the 60th like, anniversary, too. So I think that was a big uh, part I of it. I suppose that is true. I mean, yeah. Uh, do- Donna? Okay. Donna, yeah. The, I quite liked her. She was uh, um, one of the... Um, companions for i think for at least a season she had a couple of specials as well with him i i found her entertaining anyway uh you know i think i i think that that season is is i think a bit more remembered for her father like right um, i think her dad was a bit more um you know because the dad like really seemed to like the doctor and yeah uh the dad blamed himself for you know uh the doctor quote unquote sacrificing himself you know forcing the regen because i think donna was like the last the last companion before th- before we regen to 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 Matt Smith. I, I think you're right. Yeah, it seems to ring a bell. Anyway, I'm, we'll go with it. Uh, seems yeah. fine. I mean, she's all right. I mean, I wouldn't say she's my favourite, but I mean, she's all right. <laughs> Rich is not. You're not ticking off on it, are you, Rich? You're kind of you're you're hedging your bets there. I can tell, man. I can tell when Rich is just not one hundred percent buying into it. But but I think you're a lot of you know, uh, watchers, you, you, you remain to be convinced because you've been so let down by what they've God, been yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not, like, this news doesn't do anything for me because I'm like, okay, fine, sure, if he's coming back, I'm obviously going to watch that. But, mm. I mean, don't expect me to stick around if the show's still shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I won't be sticking around. Like, if no. it's, if it's, if it's, uh, if, if it doesn't pick up. Yeah, it's got it, it's got some work to, to to convince you, and that's fair enough too. Like, let's face it, at the end of the day, you know these these shows they need to sort of they they can't just rely on the hype of yesteryear forever, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. So we'll see. So I, I mean, I myself, although David Tennant coming back's huge for me, so I, I mean, I'm 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 down for it, but I'm also, as I've said on the show, very forgiving with Doctor Who. It doesn't yeah. take take a lot for me to but to watch the, it. The- but we have seen him come back already, so it's not that you know what I mean. Because he came with Matt Smith. He did when they yes. did the, the War Doctor. And all. So I mean, it, you know, I mean, it's not like we haven't seen uh, David Tennant come back, or you know, already. So yes. uh, you know, I mean, it's cool. But I mean, it's not like oh my god, he's got, it's like well, he's been back before already. So yeah, good point, Rich. Rich is definitely. I don't know if they're if they're listening out there. You are that skeptical on the fence fan, which is frankly, what they deserve after some rather poor seasons, you know, that have stretched on for a number of years. It's pretty much become my life of all properties now. I'm just like, I'm I'm on the fence on everything because I'm just like, I'm not committing because um, just, I mean, everything for me is like, I mean, again, look like there's a Halo TV show that's awful. Star Wars is awful. Um, Doctor Who's been awful. Sure. You know, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm definitely a fence sitter, and you got to do something if you want me to come back. I'm not just going to come back because you want me to. No, no, they ne- they need to do a little bit more than that for you, Rich, and that's fair enough. Now, I have some news here, and tired though I was, I was very happy to see this. Three U.S. Army veterans claim they saw UFOs along the Israel-Egypt border in 2014. Rich, have you been following this story? I put it into the news. I'm obviously, um, you know, it's the end of the cover-ups. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's been a lot of cover-ups that have been going on from the military since Roswell, you know, and now suddenly we're starting to get some people coming forward in the armed forces who've seen some shit out there on the frontiers, you know? 
Um, I'll, I'll, I'll detail it. They said they saw eight objects in the sky that were hovering and speeding while they were at an outpost in Sinai on the Egyptian border around December 2014. Uh, we'll get more into the I'll get more into the actual ins and outs of it because I did actually um, read the whole thing. Oh my god! Ne- ne- can you believe this? As I go to the thing, trying to read more, it's now it's now kind of blocked it. Is this the is this the government trying to sort of block me down, Rich? Yeah, Rich, I think that they're trying to cut in and disrupt our signal, you know? Um, the Terradome. Uh, basically, uh, it's almost a man in black situation. They're trying to wipe away the truth, Richard. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to report the news, and the, the links are going down, but you can't handle the truth. You know what I'm saying? And we are still going to keep on reporting till the day they shut us down, Rich. Now, anyway, so... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, three f- former U.S. Army veterans claim they encountered unidentified flying objects or UFOs along the Israel-Egypt border in the Sinai Pinch on 2014, but were told to keep their mouths shut. As the Pentagon officials testified at the first public hearing, uh, blah, blah, they revealed they had seen nearly eight objects in the sky absurdly hovering and speeding while they were deployed at a military outpost in Sinai on the border. Um, they were under pressure from their seniors to stay quiet on the case. They claimed they saw inexplicable flying objects in the sky that could not be reasoned with. The UFOs appeared like they were of non-human origin. I would. This is the quote. I would describe it as a big object with several smaller objects which appeared to be communicating or scuffling like a dogfight in the air. We knew it wasn't our military and it was baffling. That's from S- Sergeant Travis Bingham, 36. Um, you could clearly see them with the naked eye and it was clear how fast they were moving. And I've heard this as well, that they're moving, Rich, so radically and on such big angles that it's not like a normal plane. You know, they're bouncing around the sky kind of thing. That's what the reports of a lot of people who have seen these UFOs are saying. They began moving like fireflies, left, right, up and down. They were churning everywhere instantaneously. They must have been 30,000 feet high in the sky. I cannot imagine any military has this type of technology. We're talking U-turns at hypersonic speeds, U.S. Army veteran Singh said. Now, Rich, uh, proof to you that something big's going on? Something big's happening out there? What do you think? I think the same thing I've always thought. It's, What's that? Uh, it's, it's a lot of malarkey. Malarkey? What? You can't handle well, the truth. Is that it? Well, here's the thing, Dave. This is why I think it's funny when you say you can't handle the truth. It seems yeah. to me that the people who can't handle the truth is the truth that there is no aliens. Well, you don't think there's any aliens at all out there in the in, oh, in I'm, space? No I'm, no, I'm talking about here on Earth that are crashing and whatever. I mean, think about it logically, Dave. Mm. We've had the Loch Ness stuff. We've had the Bigfoot shit. We've had aliens that sure. have been part of our culture. And yet in an age where every single person has a camera... We can't f- still find Bigfoot and Loch Ness and all that. Amazing, hey? How now where everyone, everyone's connected. Everyone has a phone. Everyone has a camera, right. a tablet. There's fucking cameras everywhere on the streets or whatever. We still can't find actual f- evidence. Like, well, 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 people, well, slow down. People, here's the thing. When, when people go for this, like, oh, the government, they, they refuse to tell the truth. It reminds yeah. me of customers that I get into the shop when they say, do you have this item? And I go, no, we don't. And then they'll point to something and go, what about that? I go, well, that's not what you asked for. And then they go, so that's not, the, I go, that, that's not the product you're asking for. I just told you we don't have the product. People 
don't like to hear an answer they don't want to hear. And right. so they will, uh, you know, they, they're like, I don't like that answer, so I'm going to ask the question again, or I'm going to try and get the answer that I want. And I feel like that's the same with the, the alien people, is that they're not getting the answers that they want. Because the cover-up's on. Really the cover-up's well, on, my friend. Dave, that's why. Here's the thing. You know why that you cannot convince a crazy person that they're crazy? <laughs> why? Because they will always have an answer. No matter what evidence you prove, They'll just turn and say, the government's hiding it. The government's lying. They've tricked you. You can't... I do believe there's no, that. There's no discussion to I be I do had. believe the government is... The government has been sitting on a can of worms since Roswell right. and probably since WW2, you know? So WW2. all the time, all the crashes and all that, it just, it just hasn't happened since, right? We've got no footage. I don't, no think, I don't think that there's been that many crashes. Do I think it crash-landed potentially in Russia in WW2? Yeah, I do. Do I think it went down at Roswell? Oh, yeah, I do. Do I think the US government is holding on to alien artifacts and alien bodies? Yes, I do, for sure, at the highest of levels. Um, how do you explain these US Army veterans seeing this shit bouncing around in the sky? What's your explanation for that? Gosh, they wouldn't be liars, would they? They wouldn't be making up stories, would they? <laughs> People don't do that, right? Well, how do you explain one night when I'm driving? What must I explain when there's nothing that you can show me? What must I explain? How do you explain one night I'm driving home late night in Tassie, this blinding blue light going over the van I was driving on my way home, all the way home, this blinding blue light right over the top of me continuously. Oh, as I'm driving along the highway, what was that? I always feel that. Dave, is it one of those dreams that you swear is real? No, it was a no. It was <laughs> it was reality, man. Um, yeah. Uh, wow, I'm alive and alert, Rich. You're asleep. You're asleep okay. at the wheel, my friend. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, we should probably should try to get one of these guys on the show because they're speaking their truth. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. There's only one truth for me. There's no <laughs> fucking million truths. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm fascinated by this. And believe you me, I went then to try and click the link. The link wasn't working. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to shut the truth down, Rich. That's the, that's the problem. I had to go to another side, another different link to get the story because they try to make it seem fictional. You know, I, I firmly believe that, <laughs> that some of the stuff that they put out there, they put out fact as fiction to try to tinker down and drum down the audience to, to, to make think it's all make-believe and all fictional. So that's what I think a conspiracy is going on there. That's one conspiracy that I've been working on for a long time, you know? that They put stuff out there that happened, such as Roswell, such as the crash landings in World War Two, and they put that out there as fiction in shows and movies where it's actually fact mixed in with a a other fiction you know what i'm here's saying my, here's my theory dave mm. humans have been writing science fiction for hundreds of years and there's just some people that just can't differentiate between fact and fiction <laughs> <laughs> well you know my views the alien birthing chambers assassin's creed as well oh I'm, I'm still waiting for proof dave <laughs> <laughs> you can say birthing chambers all you like. I'm still waiting for proof. <laughs> I'd love to get down there at the bottom of those pyramids and then we turn around and you see the undead skeleton there, Rich, and suddenly you realise you've got a lot more problems than just birthing chambers, you know? Some dark forces at play down there, man. 
Um, now, Apocalypse is down there from that period of time, if I recall correctly. <laughs> um, if I remember my X-Men correctly. Now, there's a new Daredevil series in the works from Matt Corman and Chris Ord, obviously going to be starring, um, I've got what was his name, Charlie Cox, after he appeared in the uh, No Way Home movie. Uh, are you excited, Rich, that they're now they're now proceeding with the you know the Daredevil show? Not really. <laughs> Come on, you've got to take that over some of the other stuff they're putting out there over Ms. Marvel. Oh uh, well, no, I mean because the thing is, this the the new Daredevil will be done by the MCU, which personally I think has been declining um, right. quite uh, quite steadily. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, they've certainly had some. I mean, misses. good God! Did, I mean, have you watched the trailer for She Hulk? The the, the, well, the trailer you, that just we, came out. We can jump straight to it, actually. Yeah. So She Hulk trailer. I'm a She Hulk fan, as you know. I, I did find that it was strangely sort of almost antiquated in how it looked. Like it was. I saw the picture of her, and I was like, wow. That's not a million miles away from when Lou Feringa used to put on the Hulk costume. Well, yeah, well, one of my things is I think this, the CGI looks pretty, like, cheap. Mm. Like, I, I think She-Hulk looks pretty meh. Uh, but also, it doesn't, again, it doesn't feel really like an MCU. It kind of feels more like a Ellie McBeal-ish type mm. comedy, honestly. And I'm just like, I mean, okay, fine, if that's what you want to go for. But, I mean, that's not really what I'm... I'm really not interested in watching Ellen McBeal. I didn't watch Ellen McBeal years ago, and I, I won't did. watch it. It's called She-Hulk. <laughs> so you weren't you weren't a fan when they were like, "Your ass is working in that, sister," and all that stuff. Like, mm, no. no, you weren't feeling that way. You at all, Rich? But that's not really your cup of tea. I liked the Charles Soul, Chucky Soul, She-Hulk. It's my favorite work that he ever did at, at, at any of the big two that I've ever read. I, I quite liked it, but uh, your She-Hulk is is more the John Byrne era, yeah. I mean, if if you're going to make me choose, I mean, again, I'm not a massive fan of She-Hulk, but yes, I'd probably if you, if you if you put a gun to my head and said mm. choose one, yes, it would definitely be there. because at least with the John Byrne one, it was like, uh, it was played more for like uh, a comic book laugh, yeah. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Where it, like it knew it was a comic book, it was having a bit of fun, you know, poking fun, but she was still like you know fighting aliens and yes, you know stuff and all that. Like I mean, you know. It, Again, I don't forget that it's a comic book. This just doesn't feel. This just feels like a. Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a sitcom. It's if it, it, it really looked like a sort of maybe uh, not not even a great sitcom, but just like a very like run of the mill sitcom. This yeah, this feels like when they before the success of the MCU. Mm. You know when they didn't quite know how to treat comic book. Yeah. Uh, shows and mediums. You know what I mean? Where mm. like. I don't know. It's it's weird to put my finger on, but I just I was just feels like I didn't feel like this was up to, uh, up to par. Yeah, no, I I mean I I definitely think it looks like it's got some issues. Um, I've, I'm I remain to be convinced. I'll certainly give it a give it a go. I said to you that you you don't have to watch this one because I don't think it looks like your cup of tea whatsoever. Oh. I, I'll happily take one for the team here, and. I mean, who knows? Hopefully, it's actually interesting, but we'll see. Uh, now, there's a report that different King the Conquerors are set to appear in the MCU, different variants of the supervillain appearing in different movies and stuff, because obviously we did see an appearance of He Who Remains, I think is the name, one of the King the Conquerors in Loki, which I really disliked his appearance. I thought it was he was just not threading at all. Um, but that is just one aspect of King the Conqueror. Am I correct, Rich? I suppose what they're doing, yes. Mm. 
I mean, when I've seen Kang turn up a lot of the time, he's just Kang. Like, it's not, it's not that different, you know. Well, he, what are they saying, though, that he's, he's, he's obviously, so in this one, it's not Kangs from different times, it's actually Kang from different universes. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's vague what they're saying. It's, it's well, isn't that what the whole point of the Loki thing was with all the different, the variants and that he was yes. killing all these counterparts? So obviously this Kang is going to be more of a multiverse Kang than not as much of a time Kang? Yes. Uh, that's my reading of it. Yeah, that, that could be right. But, but, but don't forget that the time variance authority and all that stuff. So there was time involved with the with Kang. Remember, it was all, you know, like that. With their time variance authority well, was all about that. Well, but yeah, but they were the time variance because obviously that Kang had solidified it into a singular timeline, uh -huh. and they were there to make sure that it didn't branch out. Uh -huh. But then again, that goes against the whole fucking Avengers movie. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I hate time shit because everyone gets it wrong. Well. You know, I mean, yeah, the, it, it's often confusing. I'll say that much for it. But do they think different actors will play him or will it be the same guy? Just, you know, dressed differently. Oh, it'll be the same guy, I'm sure. But he'll just be like in different costumes or uh, probably different personalities or, yeah, you know. Yeah, like a more crazy version and stuff like that. Look, I think it's interesting when you bring in the Fantastic Four and stuff as well, you know, because they fought King the Conqueror and Amortis, if I recall. Yeah, but I think I've always seen Kang as more of an Avengers villain than a Fantastic Four. Yeah, but he could bounce around, man. He no, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, obviously, Doc, you always Doctor Doom is going to be the first, and Galactus sure. is going to be your main go-to's when you think Fantastic Four. Kang, sure. to me, if you say Kang, I just think Avengers. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now, you remember the movie Gremlins, Rich? Oh yeah, I do. Of course, I love it. Okay. Now you remember the the shop where. The kid got gizmo. Recall that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, not the kid, his father. His father, yeah. Good pickup, Rich. The father, who was a traveling salesman, got gizmo mm -hmm. from the old man. Uh, I believe the nephew might have sold it to him if I'm remembering my Gremlins 1 correctly. Am I right, Rich? Did, no, I thought it was the, was it was the, the old, old man. man. Okay, all right, okay. Anyway, so you've always wanted to know more about gizmo and the mogli i assume um you you're now going to find there's going to be a new animated show called gremlins secrets of the mogwai in, uh, and announcements have been about their actors and animated counterparts the cast includes heavy hitters such as ming nai wen i mean doesn't she turn up in everything whenever there's an asian involved bd wong and james hong alongside child actor isaac wang playing members of the wang family uh when plays Fong Wing, Hong plays Grandpa, Wong plays Hong Wing, and Sam, and Wang plays Sam Wing. Fong Wing is Sam's mother and is a doctor of Chinese medicine. She's described as resourceful, slightly funny, and fiercely protective of her family. And as mother, she will do anything to aid and protect her son. Sam, on the other hand, is described as a naive 10-year-old boy who one day will become Mr. Wing, the mysterious shopkeep and Gizmo's guardian in the original Gremlins films. So this is a prequel, Rich, explaining the backstory of the old man as well. Um, uh, then Hong Wing is Sam's father. According to the official description, he never believed his father-in-law's tales of magic and adventure. But when he and Fong become separated from, from Sam, he realises the world is stranger than he thought, and then he'll need to become braver to reunite his family. Finally, Grandpa is described as a free spirit, and self-proclaimed expert in Chinese myth and magic. He claims to have travelled the world, though nobody believes him. That changes during the events of the series. Uh, curiously, 
HBO Max's description reveals he alone knows the true power and secrets of the Mogwai and the importance of protecting them. So an animated one about the Mogwai, Rich, uh, I'm kind of down for this, man, if they, if they get the animation right. Obviously, we'll see Gremlins at some point, too. What do you think, Rich? Do you like this deep dive into the backstory? It's very dangerous reading that when I'm this tired, mate. You could have put me to sleep. Really? Not feeling it? I don't give a shit, honestly. Seriously, <laughs> I think okay. Make more. Hey, hey, make more Gremlins movies, man. I don't give a fuck about the family and the Mogwai and the whatever. I just care about the shenanigans that happen after he gets fed and gets wet and shit. But that can happen at any time. That can happen back then, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, but I don't. I don't. It just gets I, I don't weird. Need an origin off. story about every fucking. You don't thing. want an origin story about the old man in the shop? No, God, I really don't. I mean, until we mentioned him, I fucking forgot about him because it's, I I, it's out about the gremlins. Well, don't if you've read the novelization of Gremlins, they were turning up in World War Two and stuff like that as well, like in 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 planes and stuff, like tinkering with shit. You yeah, know, that's great. You can you can do that, mm. right? You can just have like a World War Two guy find like, you know. Um, um, a gizmo or a, a, a relative of gizmo or something and yeah they, they're running a muck and well that's fine but i don't need an origin of where they came from and how they came to be i just don't care but there will be gremlins in it rich you know that the gizmo we're going to be spending so much time with the origin of shit i don't care about okay well all right, okay. I just wanted to see what you thought. Obviously, you're a bit grumpy. Oh, why, seriously, why does everything need a goddamn origin, man? <laughs> well, everything has to start somewhere, man. That's the thing. Yeah, and it starts with Gremlins 1. <laughs> That's all you needed, seriously. <laughs> it's the same. All I need to know about Superman is that he came from Krypton and the fucking planet exploded. I don't need a TV show, a comic or whatever, <laughs> telling me oh, the hundred-year history, the thousand-year history. I enjoy of, that. I don't give a hell. You know I enjoy that. There's no reason to take shots at the Krypton stuff. You know I enjoy the Krypton just stuff. just giving that as an example, man. Yeah. It's the same. I honestly do not need a TV show or a book or whatever about the fucking Waynes. Before they yeah. were murdered. I really I, don't neither, care. Neither do I, actually, in, in fairness. Neither do I. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I do agree with you. I Look, they're stretching this, and I'm sort of surprised they don't just do an animated Gremlin show, which is what I think more people would be interested in than the Mogwai. You know, the Mogwai yeah, yeah, by I, themselves are kind of lame. What? I think they, they're cute, they, but they're lame. There used, to be a, there used to be an animated show, wasn't it? There? there was a Gizmo know. animated show, wasn't it? I, I seem to I recall that. something like briefly, yeah. This, it, my memory seems to be saying yes to you, but I, I can't actually remember it, you know. Uh, in the 80s at some point, I would think. Oh, yeah, it was, it was after the... Um, it was after the success of, like, the... The, the, the movie, I think, if I remember correctly. I could... what, what's your view on Gremlins 2, the next chapter? Uh, stupid, but fun. I agree. It's very funny. Like, they go much more for the comedy angle in it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they realise, look, we can't really do the, you know, and that's why I always say once, um, you know, it's very similar to, like, The Predator, you know, once you know what it is, right? So once you have that first adventure with, um, uh, Gizmo and you know the gremlins and the and the teenagers. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, you kind of had that, and 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 so now they took it from a kind of like um, kids horror to like just a full on comedy. Yeah. They were just like, let's just have a million gremlins. Yeah, and just have them go crazy, absolutely apeshit. You know, what there I mean? there were some funny ones. I remember the movie critic Gremlin, 
and there was like the remember the crazy one, the really crazy gremlin that was like nutty. Um, yeah, there was some funny gremlins in that one. There was like kind of like an internet gremlin, wasn't there, or something, or a cyberspace gremlin, or something. I know right? there was one that got turned into electricity. Yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that was funny. They, they, were, they did some crazy shit in gremlins too. I always, I always thought it was pretty funny. Um, now. Uh, some more details on She-Hulk. So it's going to star Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk, Jennifer Waters, and Mark Ruffalo as Smart Hulk, which is actually a minus for me because if there's one thing I hate, it's Smart Hulk compared to like your actual proper Hulk. Tim Roth is back as the Abomination, Emil Blonsky, as well as Benedict Wong as Wong. Oh, my God. Why is Wong in everything? Because he's the Sorcerer Supreme, buddy. Is he? Really? I still think of him as the sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's no, he's, no, he's right. the he's the, right. he's the main dude now. Yeah, great. Um, okay, so that that hits Disney Plus on August seventeen. Now, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is set for a reboot from Twentieth Century Studios and Hulu. I'm actually down to saying I am I am I'm down for this. You know, I I think the source material is so good. I think the movie's not as bad as people say. I did enjoy it. Um, that could be a hot take, Rich. Um, what do you think? Are you looking forward to a reboot of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Well, when they say reboot, I'm, I'm assuming they're just going to have another crack at, yes. at telling whole, that story. Yeah, story. I mean, that's fine. I mean, look, if you you know if you fail once, there's nothing that says that you can't um, uh, try again. I mean, look, the problem again is that movie, like when you watch it at the time that it came out, mm. It's, you know, it's fun. Um, it's, it's got action. Yes, when you watch it, like, 20 years later, you kind of go, ugh, it's not a it's not a good movie. You know mm. what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, honestly, I uh, see, this is where I say, like, they really need to sit down and say, okay, what, what are we going to do as a movie and what mm. should we do as, like, a limited TV show? Like, a, you mm. know, just a, a an eight-episode season on. Mm. See, because that's where I feel like... Um, you know, back in the day when it was TV, you needed something that could go for a few seasons so you could syndicate it, blah, blah, blah. You don't necessarily need that. Like, you could get away with just doing one season of something if it's really good. You know, oh. just tell a, a sort of a long-form story. Because, again, you do have a lot of characters in this, right? You've got the Invisible Man. You've got, you know, uh, Dracula. Um, uh, well... Not Dracula. It's Alan the, Quartermain. You've got Mina. Yeah, you've got Alan Quartermain. Yeah, but she's the, I mean, she's a vampire, but she's not yeah. Dracula. And then you've got, obviously, um, oh, uh, oh, shit. The Is the Wolfman in it? Is the Wolfman no, in it? What's the, what's the immortal guy? Oh, uh, uh, Grey. Um, yeah, Dorian Grey. Dorian Grey. And then you've got the captain from the 20 Leagues. Captain uh, Nemo. 20,000 Leagues under this. So, you know, so there's a lot of characters. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing this as, like, an eight-part you know, uh, show just where you could spend a little bit of time with the characters and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead of again trying to cram it into like a two-hour movie or well, something. Well, the fact like it's that. coming yeah. to Hulu potentially means it might be a TV show. Well, again, I, I would prefer that. And you know what? It's a, it was a good comic um, uh, uh, series, so it, it's certainly it's certainly a property that deserves a second a second go. Yeah, no, I'm down for it. Uh, now, Rich, you'll be excited by this. There's an animated Married with Children revival featuring the original cast in the works. You're excited for this, Rich? They could go some pretty funny places, I would think, with animated Married with Children. Uh, maybe. See, the problem is, is and and this is. God, it looks like a downer today. Oh. Um, a lot of stuff is also part of its time. Uh-huh. 
you know, like the Married with Children was it was a very sort of like late eighties, nineties. Yes. No, you know what I mean, and and it's and and it's funny because it's in that time period. Yeah. And I just don't know if like, I don't know if you're like trying to again do a, a you know trying to cash in and and, and something twenty years later, thirty years later is. Uh, I, I just don't know if that's the way to go. Now, I mean, if you were going to redo another Married with Children, but set it in like, you know, which I, I guess they've kind of, in a sense, done with that, uh, what was that awful show that he was, that Al Bundy was in? Um, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. Different fam- but you know the one I'm talking about with the different families? I don't, um, but no. But um, I know he's been in things, uh, Ed O'Neill, but I've not watched it. Yeah, but, children, you know, I mean, you know. I think do do something like, you know, um, look, I mean, if you're going to be doing like the 70s show, like the 90s show, yeah. whatever, you know, like, um, you know, and, and you, when you make something like that, that's to sort of poke fun at that decade. You know what I mean? Mm. You, you, you relive in poking fun of it. Marry with Children is not really that type of show. Marry with Children exists in that time bubble. And it's funny because it's it represents that time. When it it was pretty out. funny though. Like they, though it was. I always thought. Yeah, it was, but come uh, on, but come on. Do you really think that a lot of that humor is really going to translate today? No, I think. I think even at the time it was kind of on the nose. It was a pretty sort of like satirical yeah. kind of humor. Yeah, but very broad. You know, look, there, there, there was people with, with thin skin, but I think there was more people with thicker skin in those days. Of, yeah, you know, because I mean, he used to make fun of fat people, <laughs> ugly. You know, ugly, I just don't know in today's climate if 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 you're going to keep that tone, if it's going to go over very well. Yeah, That's why. Really, I mean, I don't. I, really I don't it doesn't shit. bother me. I just think <laughs> it's not going to be successful because people just keep complaining about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess, I guess, but I, I think. They'll go with the policy of like if people are complaining and talking about us, that's that's kind of what we want, you know. They, they always had that kind of attitude that that show was always designed to sort of get a rise out of people and everything, you know. It was it was always. But as I said, I mean, this is but this is this is just the thing now, and we we doing kind of like uh, continuations of everything. I mean, yes, Fuller House, uh, enjo- Girl, I enjoyed Meet, that. Girl, Girl Meets World. You know, which was um, a continuation of Boy Meets World with them as parents with their own daughter and stuff right. and all that. Like, you know, and now, you know, like, it just seems like they're just really doing a lot of sequels to stuff instead of making new things. It's, just, it's kind of sad, honestly. They they definitely are milking, that's for sure. They're definitely milk, milk, milk. These properties. I don't know. I think an animated married children could be funny because you, I think you could make it very satirical. I think you could go very... I mean, think of some of the humor stuff, like your South Parks and and all that kind of humor. Your um, Rick and Morty, like it's pretty out there humor. I think you could go some places like that with married with I, children. I do, I, you know, I do agree with you. I'm not saying it's going to be terrible and all that. I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm just saying that's just my concern. But I mean, again, a good example because I've been watching a lot of Last Man Standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's Tim Allen doing something that he's he's kind of done before, mm-hmm. you know, but he's changed it up. You know what I mean? Like he's he's not just saying okay we're going to do exactly what we did, mm. you know, uh, for home improvement. He's he he goes okay well you know I do you know, let, you know we're going to do another family comedy yeah but let's change it up so instead of him being tool man he's actually in like um, uh, market research he works for sure. a company where he sort of does the marketing and you know you know sells the shit and then you know he's um, he's got three daughters and you know what I mean mm. but he's still playing that bit of that character that's you know the outdoor. You know, loves his cars and stuff and all that, but he's changed the setting so that it's it's familiar but different. Do you gotcha. know what I mean? Yeah. I just wish they would do something like that where instead of just taking, you know, instead of doing Home Improvement Part 2, oh. where, 
you, you're trying to to like cash in on say the name and yeah. and the characters. He actually did something new. Do you know what I mean with new huh. characters, new storylines? I just I want more of that. I, I do like seeing things that I'm familiar with, but I would also like to see them in different ways. I don't want to see the same people kind of going like, oh, look, we're older now. It has been a long time, though. But because it's animated, you don't need to pay attention to the fact that they're that much older, you know? No, but it's just weird that, that well, it's just weird that this is in the works. I mean, I was there that many well, people screaming for is it, is it that, is it, Well, think of all the shit they do. Like with Star Wars, like it's not like they always want to move it on. They, they they love doing their time periods. What's different with married children? Like you don't need to make it twenty twenty. You you can still, I mean, you you can move the show along without acknowledging too much time has passed because it's animated. Because it doesn't matter how people look, you know, physically. You know what I mean? Like you could probably maybe. I'm I'm hoping it's just I'm I'm hoping though it wouldn't just be like a a, a rehash of the same old jokes though, like. You know, I think it like, will be. I think it will be very similar. But then it's kind of. Then I can just go back and watch. <laughs> which yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think it's going to be that different. Like it, I think they'll have a few more jokes about modern culture and PC culture. Because I mean, this is the thing. How come some shows get a free pass? How come Rick and Morty in South South Park, it's as satirical as possible, but but so much other stuff is like walk on eggshells. I far prefer it where it's more full on. Oh. No, but it depends on the people behind it. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, um, uh, what's it? Matt Stone and Trey Park don't oh. give a fuck, man. Yeah, yeah. They've had people complaining about South Park forever. Yeah. Like, from, from the beginning to this very day, there's people bitching and moaning and saying South Park <laughs> should be off the air. But they just go, don't give a fuck. Yeah. We but- don't care. We're going to do what we want. We're going to say what we want. That's what you need. And look, if, if more people were doing that, I'd probably be a little bit more confident and be more willing to be like, oh, okay, that sounds... I'm just concerned that, you know, this is a, a, a pencil pusher saying, oh, here's a property, and then sure. they're going to maybe water it down or say, oh, no, we can't say that. And, you know, that's that's more my concern. I mean, Al Bundy was anything. fairly uncensored from memory, you know. That's what I mean. He, oh, my God, he, <laughs> I mean, he was not PC at no, all. He was massively kind of sexist, misogynistic, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, he was constantly... A mean and just, you know, a mean drunk, like just, you know, like, as I said, like he worked as a shoe salesman. He used to insult people and like, you know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah, I'm just saying, I, look, I mean, if you can do that, okay, great. But I just, I have my doubts. Yeah, fair enough. How, where are you on Rick and Morty? Do you enjoy that? Not really. The, oh, the, the, the humor doesn't... Um, doesn't yeah. quite connect with me. Okay, see, I do find that funny, actually, I must admit. Now, Kathleen Kennedy was out and about, Rich. She's saying that uh, Star Wars can't recast classic characters. That was the lesson that she took from the failure of Solo, which I think had more reasons than just the actor. Um, while discussing Solo's box office disappointment and how Alden Eckenreich took on the role of a younger version of Harrison Ford cl- uh, classic character, Kathleen Kennedy said, now it seems so abundantly clear we can't do that. Do you think she's learned the right lesson, Rich? You know, I, I, I honestly, Dave, like, um, I, I try not to hate real people. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I really try, like, sure. uh, you know, I, I'll just like people. Sure. You know, they might not be my cup of tea, but, sure. you know, I try not to hate people. But right. this woman, I am really, really getting to that point where I'm, I'm really starting to hate her with a fiery passion. Like, right. you know, she, the, the, the things that comes out of this stupid woman's mouth. Sure. Like, 
like when she's like, oh, we don't have books and shit to like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. pull stories from like comic books. I was like, I want to <laughs> slap you in the fucking face, man. Like, <laughs> and now when she goes, well, we've learned, you know, the Star Wars fans don't want their characters recast. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Cause you know, the, the prequels were such a failure when they recast Obi-Wan. Yeah, that is kind you of know? Oh my God. How to everyone hated you and McGregor as Obi-Wan. Yeah. Oh, you know, and, ah, oh, the, Oh, I can't seriously. I can't remember. She's got a selective just... memory. She's got a very selective memory. No, she thinks. She, th- I don't, she, she, she thinks people are stupid, man. Like she just thinks she can stay stupid shit, and people just be like, "Oh yeah, you're right. You can't recast. It's classic." It's like, no, you fucking can. You can do it. She recasts Mon right. Mothma. She recasts Mon Mothma from uh, Return of the Jedi, and then that that character turned up in Rogue One. You know, you know I, it's one. Yes, may, you know, you could say you got the wrong actor. You know, maybe, you know, because they, they got a, you know, look, a, a, Ewan McGregor, established actor, you know what I mean? Yeah. On the rise, had done a lot of, uh, you know, good movies. Sure. Um, you know, uh, really sort of uh, threw himself into the role, you know, immersed himself, you know, he, as he states, he watched a lot of uh, Alec Guinness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stuff and all that. I just think that the guy that they got, I can't remember his name now. Alden Eckerite. Um, Eckenright, I can want to say Edgerton. I get confused between those two. Um, he, he was very new on the scene. Do you know what I mean? Yes. He hasn't really done a lot. So um, uh, that was the big mistake. Two, th- th- she got way too involved in that movie, um, uh, getting in, uh, taking control away from the directors, you know, to yeah. the point where they're like, literally, fuck off, I'm out of here. Keep your job, shove it. We're going to go, we're going to go to do Spider Verse and win, in a, you know, win awards yeah. and stuff and all that. Like, most of the failure of Star Wars is on is in her lap. It's it's all her doing. You can say, oh, oh, it's, it's you know Ryan Johnson, and you can say, oh, but no, 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 no. At the end of the day, she's the one controlling it all. That's sure. why those directors sure. left, right? Yeah. She liked Ryan Johnson because Ryan Johnson was like, I'll do whatever you want, Kathleen. We know we're best buddies. We'll do it all, you know. And oh, I think the same with her and um, oh, what's Speckface's name again? J.J. Abrams. Oh, J.J. Yeah. You know, again, like two peas in the pod. He's just happy to do what she wants, you know, stuff. I just, this woman is a bane on, on Star Wars, honestly. I think she's I think she's the worst thing to happen to Star Wars. Like, I think she's forever. been pretty she's terrible. Forever. I think she's been, she she's kind of bungled it. I, I think it makes money despite her, frankly, a lot of the time. Well, that's um, the thing. The problem is, is she, she finds a way to take credit for the good stuff. Yeah. When really, like... Again, I'm not saying The Mandalorian is the best show, but it was certainly the best Star Wars stuff that had come out in the world, yeah, you know, yeah. compared to the movies and stuff. And that was mainly from um, uh, John Favreau. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, you know, John Favreau doing. And uh, of course, John Favreau is going to do the whole, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's great. You know, she had a, you know, she, and it's like, yeah, that's just you because she's the boss. Mm-hmm. You're not going to come out and say, God, what an awful woman. Uh, I can't stand working with her. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, but that was mainly him and, and Dave Filoni. They are the ones that cultivate this, and then you know she steps in, and is like, "Oh, we, didn't I do a great job? Look, see, I can do Star Wars." And it's like you didn't do anything. Yeah, you probably got out of the way, which is why it was successful. <laughs> I don't know. That's ah, oh, I just I really can't stand this woman. The things that she says, I just I can't. I mean, I just sometimes want to put my head through a wall. Yeah, no, she's not great. I agree. I, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that point. Now, something I'm excited by that I'm sure you are not excited by is. Mindy Kaling has shared a bloody first look at her Velma cartoon. Uh, so this is basically like a, a spin-off 
an a- upcoming adult animated series uh, coming from, I think, HBO Max, um, featuring Velma from Scooby-Doo, Solving Mysteries. As anyone who's watched Scooby-Doo cartoons before knows, Velma was often the brains of the operation, and so she'll be at the forefront of mystery solving in her new solo series. The crime she's investigating may not be kid-friendly, though. The image that they featured featured Velma coming upon a young woman who had the top of her head sliced off somehow. Uh, the image also makes it clear she will be of Southeast, South Asian heritage in the new series. Uh, and Kaling told the crowd, hopefully you notice my Velma is South Asian. If people freak out about that, I don't care. Um, I don't care about that, uh, frankly. But anyway, so they're doing an animated Velma <laughs> spin-off. Uh, I mean, I like the Scooby-Doo franchise and Velma and Can stuff. I just say, I love that she gets, I don't care, but I hope you notice. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I notice that as well. She's like, I hope they report on this so it becomes a bit of a thing. Um, but I don't care. Yeah. What do you think, Rich? Will you be watching the Velma spin-off or this be a solo for Davey? This will be a solo for Davey, mate. Yeah. I only watch proper Scooby-Doo on the fruit. Right, it needs to feature Scooby Doo and and Shaggy. Well, this is my issue with it. Yes, you. In terms of book smarts, obviously Velma was the brains, sure. but uh, Freddy set a lot of the traps. So when it came to no, that's why they're a team. Freddy. <laughs> no, Freddy. Freddy actually came up with most of the traps that caught the the ghosts. So okay. they work well as a team. She's the brains in figuring it out. Yeah. Freddy's the brains in like an engineer uh-huh. in like rigging traps and all that to get them they all you know then obviously shaggy and scooby are the comedy yeah <laughs> that brings the the laughs you know at their love of food and you know their 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 cowardice and all that but i mean they work as a team and and, and often they use the cowardice of those two to actually yeah uh, as bait yeah for, for sure. catching them on so again it's this is my issue. It's like, it's a team book, man. Like, I enjoy Scooby-Doo because I like all the characters and I like how they work together. Yeah, but it's like, like it's like Wolverine from the X-Men or something. Like, they're allowed to have solo yeah, series. Yeah, Vel- Velma's not Wolverine. Sorry, mate. No, but what I'm saying is you can take a, you can take a solo character out of a group thing and seeing if they've got legs by themselves, you know, in a little spin-off series. Why not? No, that's the thing. I think the, but no, 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 no. That is true, Dave. What you just said is true. But here's the thing. The only characters that really work by themselves are Shaggy and Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, well, Shaggy. Like, and I'm sorry, but like a Freddy solo is it's just <laughs> there's nothing there. Uh, you know, uh, a Daphne is just nothing there. Uh, mm. Velma is, you know, because there's characters that are like the the, the team players, mm. like a lot of the X Men, and then yes, there is always going to be the character that's a bit more popular that can maybe you know uh, go his own sort of stand on their own, and and that's Shaggy and Scooby Doo. They are the They've got the comedy, they've got the heart, they've got the whacking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those are the popular characters that can stand on their own. I just don't see Velma as one of those characters. Mm. I like Velma, but I don't think she's a character that can stand on her own. I mean, sure. I mean, they could prove me wrong. Oh, I think it's going to well, be a challenge. I don't know if they can prove me wrong because I don't see this as Velma, but anyway. Well, I mean, I really like that Harley Quinn animated series. So if they went for that kind of comedy, I think it could really work, you know? That is a very funny series, that, that Harley Quinn animated series on HBO Max. That's the kind of comedy I enjoy. You know, if they can go there with this, I think that could be interesting, you know? But uh, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but they've taken... No, I don't know. I don't like that show, so that's the opposite for me. <laughs> yeah, but have you watched it? Yeah, I've seen, um, I've seen a bit of it and I couldn't... I was like, yeah, I'm done. Why? What was it that? Because it is funny, man. It's it, the jokes are kind of like fairly 
you know, it's very satirical, which is what I enjoy. Here's the thing. I, I, um, Harley Quinn's a character that I can only handle in small doses. Mm. You know, um, again, I, I obviously love doing the Batman, the animated series, because she's not in every episode. She's not the main character. Mm. You know, she's she's an annoying character. She's meant to be annoying, mm. you know, but I can't I can't watch her as the main character being annoying, like, for fucking 20 minutes. I just, I can't, man. I, can't, I just go, I go, oh, my God, I'm going to shoot myself. But she had like, poison ivy there to ground her a bit. No, again, as her as the main character, it's just too much for me, man. I just can't. Her, the voice, like, God, it's like fucking nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> and, no, and that's with anyone doing it. Because, again, it's supposed to be a high-pitched, annoying yeah. voice. That's the character. And I understand that's the character, but I can only handle the character in small doses. Yeah, little doses. Yeah, I dig that. I, I can't, dig- can't do as the main character. I can't. I dig that. Okay, now, I want to see what you think of this news. Stanley. Uh, you know, may rest in peace, is returning to the MCU as Marvel Studios signs a new deal, a 20-year deal with Stanley Universe to use Lee's likeness in future projects from film to apparel to VR. So they obviously banked a lot of audio with Stan before he passed. If you remember, that he was doing a lot of recording of bits and pieces. Oh, you don't even need the recording, mate. Mm. Uh, the computer programs today, you can That's just true. feed in a fuck ton of, of all of his dialogue and everything he said and can literally spit out his voice and 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 yeah. So they did that. That's what they did with Luke in the um in the Boba Fett show. That, I still don't know why like, they did that though, because Mark Hamill's alive. Yeah, so. but again, this your voice changes when you get older, mate. Like sure. you know, if you hear James Earl Jones when he was like older, mm. it didn't have the same. You know, his voice became a bit more um Raspy. Uh, gravelly, yeah, uh, and stuff. And it was the same. Um, when I watched the Rebels TV show, they got um uh, Billy D Williams, yeah. To come voice, uh, and you can just you can hear in his voice no, that he's can, older. Yeah. yeah, you can. Hear and him. I think that's why they didn't want to get Mark. Because again, Mark has changed. And you know what? Now sometimes when you hear Mark Hamill's voice, I think because he did the Joker for so long, uh-huh. a lot of the times you can hear more of the Joker in his voice than yeah. Luke. Yeah. And uh, so I think they they were just like, no, we you know we want to get that Luke. So they just they use the computer program. Now again, it's not perfect, but what I'm saying is that I mean, it's, for Stanley, it's going to be a cameo, so it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just going to be a line or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I mean, no, they don't even need as I said, they don't even need to use trying like cut recordings. They can literally just feed it into a, a program, and it will generate his voice. And what do you think of this? Is this is this desperation? Like the corpse is? Oh, you know. God, yes, it's desperation because the thing is, like, and let's be honest, like, mm. what made Marvel really successful, mm. you know, was Stanley. You mm. know, I mean, you know, Stanley was the face of that company. Sure. You know, he. When, yeah, when you thought Marvel, yeah. you thought Stan Lee. Now you can disagree that he's, you know, oh, sorry, you can you can argue that he 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 stole a lot of credit. Sure. But at the end of the day, that doesn't change the fact that when people think Marvel, they think Stan Lee. Or I remember did. as a little kid, I was always like, who is this old guy with Spider-Man? Because he, he was always shilling him. And I, I remember as a little kid, it, you know, it got in your brain that this is who created Spider-Man and was kind of still selling him and... You know, I remember it being explained to me, and it took. I'm, I'm a little kid. It took some time to understand, but you are right. He was very much. I would say even more so back in the day. Like he was a real huckster for Marvel. You know, but uh, but not just that. But not just being like a huckster, Dave. Like what I miss about people like Stan Lee and all that is, yeah. Stanley didn't hate his audience. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Stanley sure. loved his audience. He loved his readers. Sure. You know, or at least that's what he portrayed. Persona, persona, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 
He, I, I've, I can't remember any time Stanley ever speaking negatively. No, no, he, he, he never would. Yeah, no, he never no, no, would. Yeah. But, but today, today you have writers, mm. editors and stuff having arguments with people on Twitter, calling them names, sure. calling yeah. them. And I'm just like, I think Stanley would be utterly yeah. disgusted in how Marvel... Uh, but it's all over, but I'm just talking about Marvel because obviously he was a Marvel guy. Mm. I think he'd be absolutely disgusted in how Marvel talks to their readers, mm. you know, because Stanley would never allow that. Stanley celebrated, you yeah. know, the, the catchphrase Excelsior, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, he was, you, know, you could call, look at it a carnival huckster, but it made you, you know, you, no, you, no, you loved worked, that. Uh, I didn't no, you, you loved that. You, yeah, felt, yeah. you felt like he... He cared. He, you yeah, felt like definitely. he valued you as a reader, as a customer, yeah. you know, and, and that, you know, he was there to, to give you the best that he could and, and give you great stories and great characters. You don't get that feeling now. Mm. Yeah, there's more of a feeling of, like, it's just a job. These are just IPs. Uh, we're going to do our take on them, and if you don't like them, you're racist, you're misogynist, you're whatever, I like, you know. I have never heard Stanley say in an interview or anything, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Yeah, no. I've never heard him say that. Yeah. No, I mean... I, Stanley, would say, Stanley would say things like, give it a chance. Yeah. We've put, you know, we've, you know, great talent, all that. Give it a chance. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But give it a chance. Like, he would say something like that. He would never go and be like, so like dismissive, but like, if you don't like it, don't buy it. And it's like, I don't understand how these people think business works. Yeah, well, I think there are... They're a different breed now to Stan. But but that said, Stan Lee was by no means perfect. Uh, he screwed no, a lot no. of people over, you know, on his way up there. And, um, you know. No, no, was... but I'm just, I'm again, that's why I said separate that. I'm just talking about him with the fans, him with sure. the readers. Yeah. Him yeah. with making you feel yeah. good about reading books. I, again, I know he's, you know, he took a lot of credit. And, and he even admitted himself, it was not fucking bolted down. Mm. You know, he'll he'll take credit for it. And, you know, I do think that is wrong. And I have issues with um and stuff and and him and steve ditko and and stuff and all that but i'm just talking about if you don't know those behind the scenes stuff if you're just a reader sure he made you feel good yeah no for, for sure oh yeah no for sure he was um he was massive um and i do there's a part of me that always i, I saw a quote from ed brubaker stanley died a millionaire he should have died a billionaire you know about the mm. the way that like they paid him a certain period of money, portion of money to be the face. But I really do believe that, I mean, you know, he didn't get the deal that he really should have got for creating all these characters, but even less of the people he created them with got even less of a deal. So everyone got screwed except oh, the corporate. They, oh, as they say, you know, uh, uh, shit, shit uh, falls downhill. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know, but I, I just feel that like with this, even past his death, they're still milking the face, you know, and I'd love to know what deal they cut with the estate. I'd love to well, have a number on that. Well, it'd have to be because don't forget, um, towards the end of his life, mm. um, they were um, they were trying to, like, um, discredit him and, and yeah. call him yeah. uh, uh, a sexual deviant and... And, and and stuff, um, you know, um, like literally as the guy is like mm. knocking on death's door, you know, um, they they were they were really and Marvel tried to distance themselves from Stan Lee and stuff and all that. And now they've realized, <laughs> yeah. oh fuck, you know, we're not we're not doing great these days. Uh, what if what if we try and get Stan back and and you know uh, try and pretend that Stan's still here and get people to read? I don't. Know, it's probably a bit too late, but you know, 
But you can't, like, at a certain point, there's no point in trying to distance yourself from Stan Lee. He was Marvel, you know, in, in the eyes of so many. And that was only reinforced in the movies by putting him in all these movies when, when the MCU blew up. The most casual of fans then finds out who Stan Lee is. So, well, I say, you, you know. To be fair, that wasn't, the, they, they, they were doing that long before the MCU. No, they I know, but the, but I was saying, but the MCU is the point when your average person in the street suddenly knew who a lot of these characters were beyond Spider-Man. That was where the MCU is where it really blows up, not for a comic book audience, oh. for a mainstream audience. And what I'm saying is Stan Lee's turning up in all those things, and a lot of kids are like, who's Stan Lee? They find out Stan Lee, and in their mind, Stan Lee's created it all. Whether or not he's created it all is a matter of conjecture, and sometimes he had nothing to do with it. But but what I'm saying is they perpetuated the, this, the idea of him being sort of the face or associated with it so closely. Well, I mean, you know? yeah, but I mean, also, it's not I, it's not whether he had like a hand in creating it at all, but he was also like basically like the editor-in-chief and all that. So, I mean, he greenlit a lot of stuff as sure. well. So they, they just had him in the movies because, yes, he's the face of Marvel. You know, he's he was started off as a writer. He became, you know, editor. He ran the thing like... You know, so they put him in every movie because it's you know it's like putting the owner of yeah something in. But what, know, what, in, what, in, my, my point, what I'm trying to say is, Rich, they never get away from it. So why try to just? Dis- I think it was a disgrace that one oh, yeah. of those things came out shortly after he passed away. We all remember at the end there was financial issues. The estate was fighting with each other. They were arguing over the corpse before the corpse was even cold. And there was a there was a book put out by Marvel called The Rise and Fall of Stan Lee. I consider that one of the darkest days in publishing. And whoever wrote that and whoever whoever edited that should have been fired from the company. Okay, so you're trying to do an expose on the man who built the company, literally as he's dying, and you're still trying to monetize off of him at the same time. It's like it was sick, you know. Oh, for sure. I, I, I really dislike that. I, if, if you put that book out not through Marvel, sure, that's just another fucking hit piece somewhere out there. But to put that out through Marvel, to market that to comic book stores, at the same time when you're still trying to monetize Stan Lee to promote your brand, it's like, my God, like, do you not smell the hypocrisy here? It was, it stunk to high heaven, and I, and I thought it was in very poor taste. And we all know that in his last couple of years... It was kind of like there were allegations of financial impropriety. There was Stanley. I will never forget it. At you know being there, moving his hand to do the signing. Remember his handle is like moving his hand on the pen to do the signing. They're you know they're making Stan grind and grind and grind until the day he died, and you just wonder like what was the financial situation, Rich? You know. Oh no, I. But I also think they were just trying to squeeze every last drop of him before he. Yeah. Before he kicked it as well, so yeah, which is not good. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot going on there, but yep, they're still they've signed a new deal. I hope it's a big deal because it, it it should be, and you just hope they haven't nickel and dimed it. Um, but I mean, the way it says film to apparel to VR tells me that there's got to be some serious money changing hands there. What do you do? You think you'd be looking at a hundred million, Rich? Um, for that deal, I'd, yeah, I you know, I would hope for more than that. Yeah, I'm just I'm ballparking it though. I'm thinking that Disney are trying to nickel and dime, you know. At well, the I don't know if if that was me, I would I would want a down payment, and then I would want royalties from every sale or merchandise. So, mm. sure, yeah, yeah. You you want you you want more than just the just the one off. Well, again, they um you know uh, I I want a I want a payment for every time he's used in the movie. Uh-huh. 
you know, a, a royalty check for uh, for that. I, if you're going to put him in on apparel, VR again, I want I want a, a, a royalty cut from it. If it's apparel, I want a slice of the action. Um, yeah. You know, of of how many units, whether it be shirts, books, mugs, whatever. I want a cut of that. Um, that's the deal I'd be signing if you want if you want to use my father or grandfather's likeness, sure. so you can make more money. Sure, sure. Yeah, you want you want to be cut in, man. Um, now. Uh, there's some big Star Wars news. According to Vanity Fair, Andor, which is the one about the resistance that leads into Rogue One, is arriving late this summer, followed by the third season of The Mandalorian in late 2022 or early 2023, and The Shoker at some point in 2023. Other confirmed projects like The Acolyte are further off in the release schedule. Andor is a prequel to Rogue One, the 2016 film that told the story of how the Rebel Alliance stole the Death Star plans as mentioned offhandedly in 1977's A New Hope. Diago Luna will reprise his role as Rebel Spy, Cassian Andor from the film, saying, It's the journey of a migrant. The feeling of having to move is behind the story. Very profoundly and very strongly. The feeling of having to move. <laughs> okay. Um, the guy gave his life for the galaxy, right? I mean, he consciously, soberly, without vanity or recognition, sacrificed himself. Who does that? That's what the this first season is about. It's about him being really revolution-averse and cynical and lost and kind of a mess. Uh, according to the outlet, Andor kicks off with the destruction of Andor's birth world then follows him into adulthood. Uh, from there, the character, he realized, the character realizes he needs to stand for something. His adopted home will become the base of our whole first season and we'll watch that place become radicalized. Then we see another planet that's completely taken apart in a colonial kind of way. The Empire is expanding rapidly. They're wiping out anybody who's in their way. Rich, what do you think? Don't care. Okay. Well, bang. Well, that's it. This isn't this isn't I'm sorry, this is uh this is fan fiction because every person who's a Star Wars fan knows that mm-hmm. uh, Rogue One is fan fiction. That's not how the death plans were, were gotten. So, I yeah. liked Rogue One. Rogue no. One was, I think, one of the best movies that Disney no, had done. No, no, no. Oh, See, come this on. It's the, done very no, no. well. It's people saying that, is, which is why we're getting a stupid Andor prequel that I no, think, one, no one really wants. I personally, look, I'm not saying I needed the Andor prequel, but I thought Rogue One was an excellent film. And especially from the low bar that the Disney sequel films have set. Yeah, but you see, that's the problem is when something's at such a low bar, then, then people go, oh, it's a pretty good movie. It's like, yeah, by comparison, but it's still not a good movie. And now we're getting a bloody and or prequel that no one gives yeah, a shit I, about. Yeah. You don't want the kind of like burnt out down on his luck and or. <laughs> Mate, I want Kyle Katon. <laughs> The real who? guy who stole the death plants. Uh, see, that's the who? problem. You don't even know who Kyle Katarn is. Who is it? Kyle Katarn. I've never. Is this, Kyle Katarn. Is this someone from your um, you know, from your from the proper uh, um, canon yes. stuff? Your from the proper stuff? canon, yes. Kyle Katarn. I've never heard of him. Uh, ha- have we done anything with this guy? No. No. He's mainly in video games and novels. There's not really any comic. Well, does it matter that much? Like, you know, like, was it that different uh, to how he how he stole them anyway? In Rogue One, the Rogue no, One Kyle, had a pretty interesting. Kyle Katarn is a massive fan favorite in is he? in in Star Wars fandom. I've never he heard has of him. lots of fan. Well, again, in the expanded universe, obviously, okay. you know, there's people that just watch the movies and stuff, and then obviously there's people like me who 
read the books and the comics and play the video games. Have all those which expands stuff. the law. And Kyle Katon is a massively popular. What, what video game is he in, Rich? You're talking about video games. Oh, jeez, uh, he's in a few: uh, Dark Forces, uh, Jedi Outcast, uh-huh. uh, uh, Jedi Outcast Academy. Um, I think he's in at least three to four games. Uh, right. And uh, again, the first game is how he stole the Death Plans. Right. Because uh, he used to be a. Uh, so his father was a Jedi. Uh huh. Like he, my father before me. And he <laughs> served the Empire. So he was a, a, a pilot uh-huh. for the Empire. And he obviously, you know, uh, started, you know, losing. Uh, he started seeing the Empire for what they were. And so uh-huh. one of his last things was to steal. The, the the death plans and uh defect to uh the rebellion and uh, later he would sort of um be forced into the life of a jedi uh, right. because of you know, the past and and stuff and all that and then in much much later books and all that he would actually be on the jedi council luke's new jedi order right uh, he's, he's a famous force sensitive human male rebel operative from salon and later a jedi of the new jedi order Jedi Order. He was a former Imperial officer who defected into the Rebellion, often paired with fellow Rebel agent smuggler Jan Ors. He performed many covert missions for the Rebel Alliance and later the New Republic, including the sabotage of the Dark Trooper project. Wow, so he was... Oh, Dark Trooper is where they stole that from in The Mandalorian, by the way. You know, that's the Dark Troopers? The yes. Big, the big uh, um, robots? That's from the... That they stole from the fucking Legends. Right, okay. Well, I mean... So where was this guy in normal Star Wars? Was he just off on the side somewhere? Uh, well, that's the thing with anything expanded universe is that it's always off to the side. Yeah. But he was the guy who stole the original Star Wars plants in the, yeah. in the legend. Again, he doesn't really, as I said, he doesn't really start going into the Jedi thing until like pretty much after that. Yeah, so yeah, at yeah. the time, he's just a, he's just a rebel. They always you know, have to bring rebel. in the force shit like with Star Wars. Like, well, that's why I said, been, okay, you know? no, no, but this is why I think uh, Disney was so stupid, right? Right. That is what sets Star Wars apart from every other science fiction, uh-huh. right? Like, it's the it's the it's the force. It's the Jedi. It's the thing that makes that sci-fi unique yeah. to it. Yeah. And so, why Disney didn't you know again start their new stuff with the Jedi Order? Sure, sure. yeah. With Luke and all that, yeah. because again, you have got more characters. You have got more oh, toys yeah. you can sell. Yeah. Everyone loves fucking. Je- everyone wants to be a Jedi. Tell me any kid that didn't want to be a Jedi growing up. No, like, I agree with you on that point. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, and that's why they always sort of brought it in because that's th- that's your unique angle for your sci-fi universe is the stuff about the Jedi. Well. well. Anyway, uh, they went with... Uh, but I don't mind this guy who's really kind of disconnected and detached and disillusioned and kind of burnt out either, this, this Diago Luna and or character, you know? Yeah, but again, can I just say, this is again the problem with Disney, right? Is mm. that they have failed so miserably so often, mm. they still decide, let's spread ourselves thin, mm-hmm. right? Oh, we're going to do a show about, like, the... The, the rebel stuff. Oh, we're going to do a show that's set off the rebel. Oh, we're going to go and do the fucking uh, uh, pre-fucking prequel prequel with yeah. the Jedi Order before the prequels. And it's like, guys, focus before you start expanding. You know what I mean? Like, let's let, let's get some sort of groundwork. Yeah. Know where you want to go. Stop. This is what got you in trouble in the first place. As soon as you got the property, you started announcing all these bloody... Sure. 
like movies and 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 shit you were gonna do and guess what you fucking turned tail and cancelled everything because you were like oh we're fucking up yeah. and i feel like they're doing it again they just they just throw in everything against the wall in in hoping something will stick instead of just saying let's bunk it down mm. let's 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 pick it uh, an era mm. get the groundwork going let's let's build something then we can look at like you know going to other point. like again you, you soak ties into the the mandalorian Boba Fett ties into the Mandalorian. That should really be your focus. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Not again. Forget about the rebel stuff. Mm. It's done. Okay. I hate you going back to that because you keep fucking it up. Okay. <laughs> Every time you go back to the rebellion, you somehow fuck it up for the original <laughs> movies. Okay. Right. Just stay away from it. Just stay away. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. mind them doing their prequel prequel thing. You know, fuck off. Go do that. No, I don't care about it. I don't know or care oh, about any of the, the characters. The High Republic that. stuff, whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah, I don't care about that shit. Go knock yourself out. Make all the crappy shows you want. Doesn't count to me. Just leave my fucking rebellion area alone. That's all I'm asking for. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Because people, people more talented than you did it already. Okay? Mm. We've got all the novels of, of stuff that filled in, and it's a lot better than your shit. A hell of a lot better. So just leave it alone. <laughs> uh, you make me laugh. <laughs> I make myself cry. Um, so that's a no from you on, on the Andor series. A big fat no. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I never even had heard of this guy, Carl Katan. Um, maybe you've tossed that name around before, but but I didn't realize that he was the guy who who there was actually a guy who did steal this shit. It kind of makes sense that they would have done it, you know, previously. Like, um, I wonder That's why. The, I wonder, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. You know, I wonder why Kathleen Kennedy didn't do the Marvel approach where. Okay, she's like, we want to do a story about like stealing the Death Star plants. Have we ever done that? Yeah, we have. And I'm not saying you have to slavishly follow whatever's in that book or comic, but the the Marvel approach, like a Civil War, where you, you take a few threads, you get a few of the names right. You know how Marvel, MCU, do do that, you know? Um, and it's kind of an Easter egg for the fans. I wonder why they didn't do that at all. They, she went the completely opposite Kathleen way. Kathleen Kennedy is a arrogant, mm. arrogant dumbass, okay? Right. Because... She was so obsessed with the Forces female crap and, oh, we're going to start making, you know, Star Wars for, for, for girls and all that. And she, I'm not that she said in an interview uh. um, that she was so obsessed with that. That's why she threw out all the, all the books and stuff because uh. she wanted to create her own, you know, uh, what do they call it? Like um, when you create a character that represents you. Aspirational. Um, surrogate she wanted to create like a surrogate for for her and all that sort of stuff and what she didn't understand was if you use characters that are established Uh from the books one you're gonna you're gonna make the 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 actual the 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 fans the star wars fans really happy yeah because they're gonna be like i'm gonna get to see carl katan i'm gonna get to see you know yeah all these characters and stuff now again it doesn't have to be as you said doesn't have to be exact you can just take beats and points and all that sort of stuff but then the uh, the people that don't even know who these characters are, your, your normies, are still going to go watch, mm. and then they'll get to know who these characters are. It's a win. It's literally a win-win. Yeah, yeah. But in her arrogance, yeah, in her arrogance of her saying, "I'm going to make Star Wars the way I want to do it," right, right. Yeah. I'm I've got an agenda. I've got a thing. I'm pushing it. I'm chucking all that shit out. 
and I'm going to create the new Star Wars. You just wonder why, though. Like, it's, you know, is it really just as... You know why I think it is? Cynical as we've got to get the female audience. Like, is that, is it, no, you know? I think it's because she's played uh, second fiddle to so many men. Right. Like, uh, successful men like George Lucas, um, Steven Spielberg. And I think that this, she was like, I'm going to be, now it's my time to shine. And I'm sure. going to, I'm going to, you know, put my stamp and yeah. I'm going to be the, yeah. the, the face of Star Wars. And my God, has she mucked it up. Yeah. I would say she hasn't done it too successfully. You know, she's, I don't know. I, I think she's bungled more than she's hit winners, if you know what I mean. Like, she's sort of... Like, like I said, all the know. winners pretty much had nothing to do with her. Yeah. Like, you know. So. And even 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 John Favreau's run was a little bit short-lived because Boba Fett was awful. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't great. I agree with you on that point. Like, um, certainly had some big problems. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I you know, I don't... Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I basically I agree with you, Rich. I, I, I thought Boba Fett was 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 fairly average, considering the potential of what it could have been. You know. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, now, along with Luna's return in Andor, Genevieve O'Reilly will be back as Rebel Leader Mon Mothma. The actor had a brief appearance as a character in Revenge of the Sith, while still a senator in the Galactic Republic. In Return of the Jedi, she also featured, played by Carolyn. Blackenstein making her a key figure in the rebellion across the Star Wars universe. She's the one who said, many brave boffers died for this information, didn't she? Isn't that her? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she'll have a role just as key as Cassian's building up the Rebel Alliance with his help, but they won't be alone. It's a huge orchestral Dixian ensemble cast. Jesus Christ, they love throwing terms around, don't they? Dixian ensemble cast. <laughs> like, fucking hell. Like, anyway... Um, Ashoka stars Rosario Dawson as a fallen Jedi of the Togruta race and former Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. Dawson first played the character in The Mandalorian Season 2 and ultimately landed the role thanks to a viral piece of fan art depicting her as the fan-favourite Clone Wars and Rebels character. Ahsoka is a continuous story, showrunner Dave Filoni said. It's definitely driving toward a goal, in my mind, as opposed to being little singular adventures. Um, fine. That's, you know, fine. Uh, the Acolyte did get some fresh information with showrunner Leslie Headland revealing the series takes place about a century before The Phantom Menace and describing it as a mystery thriller set in a period where the galaxy was prosperous and peaceful. A lot of these legacy characters hadn't even been born yet. We're taking a look at a time period that we don't know much about. Does that interest you at all, Rich? The Acolyte? You know, way back? Nope. No. Because oh, I really had something better called the Old Republic. Come on, man. At some point, you've got to kind of like loosen up a little bit and give no. some of this stuff okay. a chance, man. Do you, do you know why the Old Republic is better than this bullshit High Republic? No idea. The, no, no idea. Because in the High Republic, there's no Sith. Oh, no Sith. Okay. There's no, no well, there's only two Sith. Right, so if you again, if you know your Star Wars history, I know there can only be two, rule of two. I know that. Well, that's yeah, that was uh, something that was started by Darth Bane, yes, who was from the old Republic, and he, he noticed that Sith always seem to work against each other, right? Right, because yeah. they all want power, there's so many Sith running around, and so they'll never defeat the Jedi because you know their selfish natures, their betrayal yeah. will always come through. He literally set up a plan to fucking wipe out every single Sith, mm -hmm. right. 
and leaving him the sole thing. And he decided on the rule of two, which means there will always be a master and apprentice. Mm. The master's job is to work the machinations and all that, train the apprentice. The apprentice, to prove that they are worthy and can carry the Sith line, must at some point defeat the master and then find their own apprentice, right? Mm -hmm. That's a whole thing of thing. But at least when you go back to the Old Republic, you're going back to a time when there was thousands of Sith. Mm-hmm. And they and they they were in the galaxy and they were causing shit and they were warring with the Jedi and stuff and all that and that's just way more appealing than a, a world where there is no really Sith and so all they're really doing is fighting fucking pirates and you know it's what, who cares yeah you do you do need some Sith I agree with that I agree with you on that aspect like you know if if they had announced that they were doing an old Republic TV show oh my fucking god even though I know Catherine Kennedy is absolute shit I would still be like oh fuck oh, yeah. It's still, you know, I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be like fifth, like, oh, you know, I'd be like, oh, do I, don't I, am I excited? I'm not, I mean, I'd be like, oh, but you tell me High Republic? I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. High Republic uh, sounds kind of lame to me when you describe it like that. I'm sort of like, this is, this is on the lamer side of the equation. And again, you go Old Republic, you've got Darth Malik, you've got Darth Revan, you've got Bastler, you've got, yeah. um, uh, it's a fucking. It, is it HK forty one or HK fifty one? I don't know. I'm going to be stupid there. I can't remember because there's a fuck. There's a couple of HK droids. Yeah. Um, running around in the Star Wars universe, depending on what games and stuff you read. Sure. You know, and but there's just so many cool characters from that from that period that mm. are again well known to your sure. Star Wars fans who would just love to see those characters be brought to life and, and, and be acknowledged and, and you know what I mean? And get life, a live action adaptation. In fact, even a cartoon adaptation would be great. But again, they just refused. They refused to acknowledge that people did it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I hear, man. The disappointment is is strong in you, Rich. And, and I'm kind of like, dude, find the comic where this guy found the, you know, seeds to the Death Star or whatever he found. Like, it's a game, man. Oh, it's a game. Oh, it's an old, it's an old Doom style first person shooter game. Oh, oh, that's back in the day. See, that's the they're the kind of days that I get nostalgic for, where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you were you you were so desperate for Star Wars information that that kind of shit popped off. Now I can understand why people are, are digging on that so hard, you know, because that's that's kind of when it was really fun, man. You know, like that was that that was oh, the, man, that, was, the that was that was a great game because you got to run around with like the weapons, yeah. From the Star Wars universe, you know the the blasters and the yeah. and it was just oh, it was so good, man. It was like yeah, it was like playing Doom, but with Star Wars. Yeah, was that the one where um he fights uh Boba Fett at some point? Like Boba Fett turns up in one of those. Oh no, no 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 no! Um, you're thinking of the um, you're thinking of the tie-in game. Um, is it Shadows uh, of the Empire or something? Yeah, Shadows of the Empire. You're thinking yeah. of that big tie-in. Uh, that was with Dash Rendar, right? That was a Dash Rendar game, um, and he fought uh, Boba Fett. I believe he even fought IG-11. Yeah, okay. Um, was yeah, that first yeah. person? I think you could play this first or third person. Yeah, because I, I just remember um, as a, you know, like, a, you know, I was at uni, and I wasn't playing the game, but I remember people, it was around that Doom era, and I remember people playing on the computers at uni playing the, the Star Wars um, the a first person shooter. It might have been this game you're talking about, and it was. It looked pretty cool. I thought it looked pretty cool. I was I was pretty interested in it. I just didn't have a PC at the time that that could run it, but I I, I thought it looked pretty cool. I was pretty impressed. 
By the way, there was a massive, like, not petition, but, like, you know how, like, uh, Rosario says, like, oh, she got the part because of the fans um, do, doing her as, as uh, Ahsoka and all that. Right. Massive people want to see um, uh, Keanu Reeves as Darth Revan. Right, really? Okay. Well, he looks very similar to, like, uh, what, what the character has been uh, uh, depicted in the games with, like, this mm. longish hair with a bit of a beard. Mm. Um, and stuff and all that and so obviously people are like oh my god he looks like Keanu Reeves and so lots of people have done fan art of Keanu Reeves as Darth Revan mm. okay well you know he's a popular guy man what can you, you know what can you say he's a he's a popular individual like people people love um people he's love very well loved yeah he is well loved cool breeze over the mountains Keanu Reeves now um uh, da, 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 da. Uh, anyone who comes into the Star Wars universe needs to know it's a three, four, five-year commitment, Ke- uh, Kennedy continued. That's what it takes. You can't step in for a year and shoot something and then walk away. It requires that kind of nurturing. That's hilarious because that's exactly what she didn't do for the sequel series, you know? Like, literally, she did the exact opposite of what she just said you should be doing. <laughs> no, it's, it's, well, it's only a commitment until they fuck it up and say, sorry, we, we're going a different direction, so you're fine. <laughs> but it was, it's funny that, like, that is kind of owning her own mistake, but she doesn't actually go out and say, look, I made a mistake and people did this the wrong way. Like, I just, like, but you know what? But, yeah, I mean, like, but you know how you can tell? You know, some people go, oh, no, it's, you know, the, the, the new Star Wars movies, they are popular. It's just these man babies that hate it, right? Right. I There is actual proof that it's not popular. And uh-huh. that proof is... When the original Star Wars movies came out, right? Uh-huh. There was comic books, there was novels, there yeah. were games that were set in that period. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That that expanded upon everything. When the prequels came out, there was comic books, there was novels, there sure. was video games that came out that were just like, wow, we gotta have a what, what what has come out since the three movies that came out? How many games have come out about Battlefield the, the, or Battleground, whatever it's no, called. No, no, no. But no, no. But that is about all of Star Wars. I'm talking about that's this period. No, no, the, no Fallen Order, the other one as well. But that no, was, no. Again, yeah. no. Where's the game with where you play as Ray? Right. Where's yeah. Where's the game? Where's the comic? Where's the novel? Right. Oh, I see. What that saying. is yeah. that is filling in all the the stuff about the the, the sequel movies. Where's it? Where's the comic books? Where's yeah, the Where's know, the novels? Where's the Where's the video games? Well, they, put nothing. Out, they put out a lot of bullshit video games, I think. Uh, not video games, no, but, a lot of bullshit, um, you know, uh, I don't know. They, 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 they put out a lot of novels is what I'm trying to say. Sorry, I was, no, I was no, stumbling no, up. No, but those. again, a lot of the novels that they put in out, again, it's a mixture. Right. right? You're getting a lot of prequel stuff. You're getting a lot of rebellion. You know, there's a lot of stuff about, you know. But what I'm saying is that there's nothing about the sequel's characters. Yeah. There's no game centered around them. There's no real novel centered around them going on. You know, as I said, when Return of the Jedi finished, mm. they were writing novels that was going beyond yeah. the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were, you know, Luke was becoming a Jedi, you know, Han and Leia fall in love, getting married. Like, they continued the story. Where's the continuation from this? Or even just prequel stuff telling you what happened. You know, I know they're kind of doing it now, but I'm just saying the that is proof to me that yeah. these are not popular because all the other six movies have had massive amounts of video games comic books yeah movies center i mean for god's sake when the prequels came out they even made a boba fett game oh no but sorry jango fett game did they really there's a jango fett game called blood ties cool well that's cool if you ask me so that's what i'm saying tell tell me how it can be that successful when there's no other 
I know. I think I, I think you're I think you're barking up the right tree, man. I I think there was a la- less of an appetite for the sequel world because I think they spelt it out so poorly in the movies. Uh, the, you know, the movies really kind of fumbled the ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like there was there was there's an appetite for Star Wars, but there was less of an appetite for that scenario. You know, they they just sort of it was very it was very it was very higgledy piggledy. Also, I mean, think about it this way, right? The success of the MCU has led to TV shows. Sure. Right? I mean, how many have we had now? Four or five? Five? At least. Right? Yeah. And they've announced all these Star Wars projects. Mm. High Republic, uh, Acolyte, Ahsoka, whatever. Where is any TV show that is centered or or fills in anything from the the sequel movies? Yeah, well, it doesn't exist because I think... But if that was popular, you'd be doing shows like you were doing with the MCU. Where you're like, oh, let's do a a show about, you know, Finn's early days or, you know, this character or that character. There's nothing. Well, I I would dare say that their their market research has shown that despite the box office numbers on the three sequel movies, the actual appetite for more sequel sort of spin-off stuff is quite slight um well, uh, you know a lot of I, interest that's why i laugh and not, not you but i laugh when people say oh it made a billion dollars and i'm like yeah so did transformers and those are terrible movies what's your point well plenty of bad movies have made lots of money i mean yeah but it's... but but somehow people use that as like when you try and say the movies are not that good right or mm. no one likes the movies they go, oh well it made a billion dollars and it's like yes but so did transformers yeah like, i will i will go into that slightly though like box office is important and does determine that there are trends of people want to turn up there is still an appetite for star wars but you are right i think it was quite obvious but especially by the end of rise of skywalker that they divided the fan base and there was a lot less people buying into what was then the current state of the wider Star Wars world. So they did what they were wiser to do, which is to go back to what people more know and grew up on and and fill out that world more. That's just a safer bet. But Yeah, but I mean, also look at it this way. So I keep an eye on a lot of the toys and all that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff, right, and the figures and all that. Mm. There are so many like Mandalorian toys and uh, the child toys, you know, mm. or Grogu as he's known now. There's a lot of like again, uh, uh, Luke Han Leia. There's a lot. They even released some Darth Revan mm. and, and stuff. Whatever. There's almost no toys about the sequels. Yeah, because uh, they they did that. They just didn't hit as well. Even though the the numbers were there, turning up for the movies. Um, there was just there was a problem. There was a, there was a, there was a there was a lack of a buy-in with those characters, and I even think more than that with the actual. I think the world they built in those sequel movies was very flimsy. You know, like it really didn't feel very developed, um, and I and I think that was a big factor in in. That's just my assessment. You know, like I, that's just what I sort of noticed. I, I think that they didn't build the world very well, and when that happens people's interest declines um unfortunately and, and and that's why they then go back to well what does sell what do people like well people love the return of the jedi era and all that stuff and so we can do stuff post that which we haven't done tons of it in the in you know in live action and all that it's, it's barely been explored and so they they did the clever thing then they kind of like were smart enough to realize that at least they re- could realize it um that sort of they've fumbled the ball um, uh, you know, in a lot of ways with the sequel stuff, like their their lack of world building. Yeah. Um, well, so, it, it's yeah. funny because all the conti- all the current Star Wars comics mm. are all centered around the Rebellion area. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Like the Dr. Aphra, the, the Star Wars comic, the Darth Vader mm. comic. Like the, 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 all the ongoing comics are all centered around the, the Well, Rebellion. they're a lot more popular, man. You know? They're Not a lot more me. popular. You know? So it only makes sense. I mean, this is what, the, the only problem they've got, I think, is that they didn't... Ha- like, we've gone over this so many times, but it bears remembering. You can fill in as much stuff as you want. There's tons of stuff you can fill in. But at a certain point, you did lay a framework for what comes after. Do you just abandon that at some point? Do you say, you know what, that sequel stuff, we're going to wreck on it. We didn't do it right. Do you know what I mean? Like, they might decide to do that at some point, Disney. It wouldn't stun me. I doubt it, though. Well, then what you do is you, you, you just do 20 years after the sequels. And, and just pick the story up and do it better the next time. Probably, yeah. But the problem is, is they've just they've released too many novels, mm. sort of like establishing that as canon. That right. I don't, you know, it's not as simple as just like wiping away the movies. Mm. Like it's just, I just think they'd be like, oh, we just got to maybe somehow work around it, yeah, as you say, or maybe go, you know, go into the future, or mm. you know, which they should have done from the start, honestly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they did go to the future, but I mean, they should have gone further into the future and just said, look, we've got to start from kind of scratch and tell our own movies mm. in, in, in this world and, and not like, you know, not, not destroy <laughs> what came before. Yeah. Anyway, it's interesting stuff. And I, look, we'll watch these shows as they come out. I, I'm, I'm cu- I, I think you might find something like Andor might be better than you think, man, because it, it is that kind of milieu of, of the time around um, Star Wars 1, you know, New Hope, uh, Gree, Grimy, you know. Kind uh, of- no, I don't, I don't like Rogue One, so I won't like this. I'm okay. sorry, if it's, if it's more of Rogue One, then I already know I'm not going to like it. Okay. Now, some big news. Conan is moving away from Marvel. This is huge news. So essentially, mm. um, it came out over the week that they're pulling the the comic book property from Marvel and Conan I think they're called Conan Worldwide or something or Conan Properties are going to be doing the the comics themselves. Um now there is still going to be some reprints coming from Marvel. How much there's speculation on, but there is some it seems as if they're definitely going to close out the omnibuses closing out the original seventies run that went to the seventies and eighties and nineties. The Savage Sword run will only be about halfway collected. There is a lot of discussion on the internet about whether they'll continue to do those omnibuses, Marvel will, um, you know, the reprint material, because they are going to do some of it. But as of new stuff coming from Marvel, the last one will be King Conan 6, which comes out very shortly. Um, there might be some appearances in Savage Avengers, but it looks like they're going to publish their own version of Conan, um, which I think is probably a good good. Um, move considering how I don't really think the new Conan stuff from Marvel has been that good if I can be honest what do you think Rich it's been very spotty mm. I don't forget that they've, they've had some they've had some uh, brief moments of of good the Jim Zub it, stuff I'd say was the best I think Jim Zub did a good job yeah I mean it, uh, I would say that's like it's it's good but I mean there should be far better Conan stuff than, you know, overall that's been produced. Well, I didn't think that much of Jason Aaron's run, frankly, for all the hype mm. it got. Like, uh, again, I don't know. On You know, it's it's weird, man. Like, I, you know, 
I wonder, someone made a good point to me is that, you know, when we look at the, the writers that we grew up with, right? The, sure. the stuff that we were reading. Sure. They influenced us. But a lot of the, I think a lot of the writers working today were influenced by like your Bendis's and your Whedon's and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I, and I think that says a lot about the quality of, of comics. Because, you know, I mean, Conan should almost be like a no-brainer. You know what I mean? Like, because there's just so much stuff you can look upon to see how to write him. Yeah. You know, and what, like, like as you said, when, when, when we read that one <laughs> that you picked that was so boring, you know, you could, that you can go, oh, definitely not a way to write Conan. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's got to be more punchy. It's got to be more adventurous. It's got to be more, you know, macho. It can't just be a lot of talking heads and politics and stuff and all that. So, I mean, it's very weird to me that, that, it's almost like it's a lost art form to write Conan now for some of the, the, the writers. Again, Zub is probably the best, but again, if I compare the Zub stuff to the other stuff I've read of Conan throughout the years, I would put it further down. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't stack up. But well, compared to you know, Chuck stack, Dixon, if I, sword, you know? Yeah, but, but I'm saying if I, if I stack it to, like, the current Marvel stuff, then, yes, it, it's definitely better. It's definitely the best of that, but if, if I had to, yeah, if I had to go back 20 years and compared to Conan I'd say no <laughs> you know like it's not that good I don't know it's it's weird to me that a, a character that's been around for so long I just don't understand I, I'm not saying that like it's easy to write but I mean if you're a writer and you've written a lot I kind of feel like you should be able to tap into what makes Conan yeah I, awesome. I don't think he's that complicated a character I think he's a cool character um the thing is though I think for a lot of fans, we're more interested in what the reprints are doing from Marvel because Marvel have done a very good job with the reprints, you know? Well, that seems to be all anything anyone's interested in these days, comic collectors, is reprints. So this fall, Marvel is releasing a six-volume of its Conan the Epic collection um, and fast-forward to December and they're releasing another collection, Conan the Barbarian, the original Marvel Years Omnibus Volume 10, which I believe is, is going to close out that run. But the mm. Savage Sword run is still only about halfway through. And that includes Chuck's stuff. And I'm not sure if they're going to get up to Chuck's stuff. And I, I like the Savage Sword stuff, we need, I, I hope that they can sort it out with Marvel to keep those omnibuses coming. You know? They really lost it pretty quickly, didn't they? Well, they pumped out a lot of material in the time they've had it. No, no, no. But I'm saying the Conan didn't really last. You know, I mean, when did, we, when, when did it go back to Marvel? Like About two years ago. Yeah, I was going to say maybe two, two and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. Really didn't last long, did it? Well, maybe part of it was the scandal about King Conan as well, where probably the, oh. Conan, the Conan creators were like, why can't we have Pocahontas kind of partially dressed? You know, that oh, is Conan. Oh, 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 you mean the fake scandal? Yeah. Sorry. I thought you meant an actual scandal. I was like, oh, that wasn't a scandal. That was, no, I know, but was, I'm just saying like... about your wine babies. That, that could have been a discussion point because that was ridiculous. That was stupid. Yeah, yeah, and they actually changed it. I saw that they, they changed the, the character and the cover and all that. Mm, they did, and it was stupid. Like, really. Like, it was dumb. But I'm sorry, check out a million issues of Conan. You know, there's, there's, there's always these chicks rolling around and stuff. You know, how many times has he had a wench over his shoulder? Well, in the, in the, in the magazine you keep asking me to bring out, he does. Yeah. <laughs> And and like that made that big thing about Pocahontas. It wasn't even called Pocahontas. It was another name. It was like, oh my god, like we're really, we're stretching to get offended now. You know what I mean? We're really stretching ourselves into some weird positions to get offended. <laughs> I mean, 
when I saw that character, my first thought wasn't, gee, that's Pocahontas from the Pocahontas legend. You know, that was, that was a version of Pocahontas I'd never seen or heard of before, who wasn't even called Pocahontas in the fucking thing. So it was, they're like, how could this have got past the editor? And I'm like, pretty damn easily, I would suggest. Yeah, <laughs> like. Well, unfortunately, it didn't get past Twitter. No, it got, someone got offended somewhere. And, like, it's like, are you really offended or are you just, is this a point of principle offence kind of thing? Are you, are you, it felt like they were really working themselves up into into a lather, like it took them a while to get there because it wasn't very instinctually offensive at all? Well, I don't know. But that, I don't know, that's the problem. Look, I don't mind someone getting offended if, if they are an actual, like, reader and, you know, but, I mean, if you were a Conan reader, you wouldn't be offended. But, I mean... You know, I don't mind people complaining about books that they're reading if they actually... But I feel like a lot of people complaining about comics and depictions. It's just an image they see online. Sure. But they've never actually bought a fucking comic or read a comic in their life. Yeah. Now I hear. Yeah. I, or like, yeah, I, I, I think that's part of the goal, though, of these people who get that stuff moving on Twitter. They tr- they're, trying to, they're trying to mobilize a mob that is not reading the comics, not familiar with the characters, not familiar with anything. They're just getting offended because they're like... I mean, think about it. Anytime these companies acquiesce to these people complaining, I don't see the sales go up when they, when they make the changes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I don't see a bump in sales of all these people now happy going, oh, now I'm happy I'll go buy the book. Yeah, yeah. If anything, I see the sales go down. Well, I, I think it's Marvel. I, I, I think Marvel may have let it lapse too. I think Marvel may have decided they don't know what to do with Conan. Well, it's, well no, it's not that they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. They won't get them in trouble mm. with the with Twitter mob. That's what I think they're like, you know what? We can't really do anything because if we if we do a PC Conan, none of the Conan fans are going to buy it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and so we can't really do anything. So really we're just paying, you know, or we're just having this character to just sit around where we can't really do anything with it without like people complaining about you know the way characters dressed or you know not dressed and, but, and all uh, that you know what I would have done if I'd been if I was editor in chief just put it out like fuck it just put it out in the way that people want their Conan comics it supported the Conan franchise for say thirty years at Marvel like it worked that audience is out there that that Conan audience is out there that they buy comics you know what I mean like they're they're hungry. Think about it this way, Dave. If all the people who back in the day when you had the religious people and the moms, mm. if they all acquiesced, we wouldn't have half the shit that we have exactly, today. Exactly, exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is why I say I don't know. Somehow the people working in comics now at Marvel and DC don't understand how business works. Mm. You don't – Twitter is not sales. No. Sales is sales. Yeah. You put something out, if it's a flop, then you cancel it. You stop it. Yeah. You go, well, that was the wrong decision. Didn't make us money. But if you do that and you all these people are bitching and moaning, but you're like, oh, my God, but we sold like 500,000 copies. Yeah. Well, fuck it. We keep doing it then. Yeah. Like, that's how business works. You don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you don't go off Twitter. Yeah, you, 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 you can't sales. go because five to 20 people on Twitter are jumping up and down in a little. Oh, no, it doesn't, you know. mate, it doesn't matter if it's 1,000 people. Mm. Yeah. Right, you sell comics by the tens of thousands. Yeah, who cares if a thousand people, two thousand people on Twitter are upset? Mm. You looking to sell like you know, 250, 300,000 comics. Yeah, I hear 2000 is not going to be a dent. No, I hear you, dude. I like what you're saying as well. It's good stuff. 
But, you know, this is the world we live in. I, Frankly, I'm sort of like, oh, fuck Marvel. If they don't want to put out Conan, I'll support Conan um, if, if, if another publisher's putting it out in the US. Uh, why not? I, enjoy, I enjoyed the, the Dark Horse stuff, man. Seriously, they... Yeah, me too. They knew how to do Conan. They did know, and they, that's right. And they, it showed not that long ago that Conan was a very thriving property at Dark Horse. And now they're looking apparently to... It wouldn't stun me if Dark Horse got it back at the end of the day after all the... After all the they're oh, saying... They, they, they got some of Star Wars back, so maybe mm. they can get Conan back, or at least some of Conan back, maybe. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be interesting. Um, look, you know, it's th- these are the days, man, that we live for. These are the dark days. <laughs> now, Tom Cruise recently said he makes movies for the big screen, and Top Gun Maverick, which is getting great reviews, by the way, was never going to be released on streaming before or at the same time as the film hit theatres. Um, it seems like Tom Cruise has a big hit on his hands here with Maverick. It seems to be coming over really well. Okay. Well, well interesting to see. Oh, wow. You you seem very sort of like what you're doubting. You, 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 I'm hearing the reviews are very strong. Very strong for Maverick. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good, but, I mean, I have to see it. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, and I mean, I've been burnt before where people have told me a movie was great, and I went <laughs> and watched it. And I was like, I don't like this. So, name a know. movie. Name a movie where that happened, where you were told it was great, and then you went and saw it, and you were not happy. Or Ragnarok. Okay. Well, good answer. At least, at least you answered the question. At least. Obviously. Well, that's the most recent one. That's the more fresh one in my memory. But there are movies before that. Like, <laughs> you know, I just have to think really hard for those ones. <laughs> No, I mean, good, good answer, though. I, I tried to put you on the spot. I was trying to trap you, actually. And uh, you, you passed my test, Richard. I will say that much. I, you know. I cleared that hurdle. You cleared that hurdle, my friend. And, uh, you know, I do like to try to trick you as well sometimes, you know. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I like Tom Cruise, you know, and I do agree with him. He does make movies to the big screen, and that's why he makes so many of those uh, Mission Impossible movies. Mm. Um, you know, um, and, you know, and again, Top Gun is a... It's a classic. It's an all-time know, it's a, classic. It's a beloved though, classic. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about Tom Cruise yeah. in the movie. Um, I'm just maybe concerned about some of the younger, fresher actors because, you know, maybe they're just... Well, not, well, they, they can act, which is just they're young. Just because they're young. Stop. Stop. <laughs> because it's going to be very hard for these younger actors to hold a candle to, like, you know, your Val Kilmer's and your Tom Cruises and all that from back in the day. That's all I'm just saying. I just, right, yeah. You know, I, you know I, I've got my fingers crossed. I, I like Maverick and I'm really hoping this is good. And, you know, I, especially in his older age, I really, you know, I think Tom Cruise will be making very good movies. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this late into his career. So, you know, I'm I'm all for it, and I hope it's a good movie. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's a decent hope, at least. Are you going to go see it this week coming up, Rich? Are you going to see it in the big screen or what? Not this, no, well, not this week. I'm far too tired. Yeah. yeah. As I said, yeah. don't forget, I'm working 12 days in a row, man. It's I'm true, man. very tired. So. It's true. But yeah. I will eventually, yes. Yeah. Now, a movie that I saw was Morbius. Watched it last night. It's out on streaming, Rich, uh, and I watched it. The Northman is also out, but I haven't had a chance to watch it. Morbius, you know what I said after the movie? Well, I've seen worse movies. It wasn't as bad as I was anticipating, frankly. Like, it's not good. Um, but honestly, it's it's not like, you know, it's really not that. It's, it, it, it's a little mediocre. Um, it's a little bit like the original Daredevil with Ben Affleck. Uh, not quite as good as that. But it's around that level of quality. Um, it's got some like it's interesting enough. Like I, I couldn't care less about Morbius the character, but I thought it was 
you know, and, I, and I'm no Jared Leto fan, but I thought he was okay. Like it was, it was kind of what I expected, frankly. You know, I I, I wonder because I, I will check out the movie, but I wonder if they were actually trying to make something that actually like purposely felt '90s, like Blade and all that. Yeah. Oh, I think so, yeah. Um, it's not as good as Blade. It's not as good as any of no, the no, Blades, no. you know? No, no, I'm not saying it's as good, but I'm just saying I wonder if that's what they were trying to... Definitely. You know, because, again, you know, they are also doing a Blade um, movie and obviously Morbius yeah. is a vampire and, you know, and, and maybe they were just trying to, like, uh, make it feel, like, in that Blade realm mm-hmm. of, you know, how Blade feels. But not, they might not have nailed it because, again, you know, you can't... As I said, it's very hard to capture a decade... In a movie, you got to do it very well. You've mm. got to, it's a fine needle to thread. And they may have just maybe just missed the mark a little bit. But I had a feeling it was going to be a, one of those like, eh, it's, it's a good bit of movie. <laughs> yeah, look, I look, I enjoyed it like for what it was. Like honestly, I was I was sort of like, well, it was. It, it's got a real like people were going on and on about how bad the. So I'll give you the the post credits scene. Um, basically, what there's there's also a bit of. The end scene where it appears like his girlfriend becomes a vampire, that came out of nowhere. You know, they don't, it was not edited that well. Like, it was like there wasn't, the editing left something to be desired leading up to that revelation because it didn't really make any sense from what you'd seen in the movie, you know? Um, but regardless, she does do that. Then there's a post credit scene where the, the, you have the No Way From Home stuff and Vulture, um, Michael Keaton just appears in a prison cell and he's like, he looks himself in the mirror and he goes, well, I hope the food's better in this joint, you know, kind of acknowledging that he's crossed universes. Uh, and then you see this scene where they say that he's probably going to get released from prison and then you see this final scene where the vulture comes flying down to where Morbius is standing and he's like, we need to talk about this Spider-Man guy. And uh, something like, we need to, maybe we need to team up. And that's the end, and it's like, wow, that was really on well, the nose. But you see, but this is, but this is the problem with um, these um, shared universes, right? Mm. Um, there's certain movies that just need to be R-rated, and I think Morbius is a movie that should have followed Blade mm. in the sense that, and this is why it could never live up to Blade or, or even like you know be Blade is because Blade was R-rated. Mm-hmm. You're right. Oh, Blade didn't shy away from the, sure. <laughs> the violence and the killing and mm. and stuff and all that. And I just feel like I think this movie, you know, hurts from not being R-rated. Mm. Like I think this should have been R-rated. But again, because they wanted to tie into the Spider-Man and 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 tie it a bit into the MCU. You know, you know, because Spider-Man is kind of like half in the MCU. You mm. know, I just think that. Um, you know, they, they, where would they go, like MA15 or something? Yeah, and it's, it's got some bloody scenes in it. Like, the, the actual, like, makeup and stuff of how he looks like as the vampire is kind of cool. Something that I wanted to... Have you read much Morbius ever? Like, ever at all? Like, oh, bits and pieces. I've mainly read him when, uh, like, when he featured in Spider-Man as, like, uh, a villain or a... Sure. And eventually, like, kind of, like, not friend, but, like... Yeah, like an ally. Um, he was an ally. Yeah, yeah, ally. That, yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I really don't even know him from the animated series when he was in that. Now, my question is, in this, he kind of has almost a gaseous form that he goes into sometimes. Like, it's 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 weird, like, to describe, but he sort of, like, he, he doesn't have, like, a 100% solid consistency when he's jumping around. Like, he sort of goes partly gaseous. Is that something that happens? I know vampire lore 
they can turn into gaseous creatures, but he kind of only half turns gaseous. Is that something you've ever seen from Morbius? Um, yeah, I will. Again, um, I mean, over the years, you know, people have, you know, sort of written him, but I do remember back in the day that he could um, fly. I remember that. Right. He sort of glides um, in this. He glides more than flies. Yeah, well, that's why he has kind of like those wing stuff. I'm right. trying to remember. I think there may have been a comic where maybe maybe the writer thought he was a vampire, like a proper vampire. Because, again, he's not a proper vampire. No. Um, it's uh, What he is is because of a um, obviously an experiment mm. uh, because he suffers from uh, that blood. What's it called? Um yeah, he's got kind of a. I don't, uh, I don't ever say what it is, but he's he's got a disease where he can barely. Yeah, work he's got and yeah, stuff. he's got some like blood disease and all that yeah. sort of stuff and all that. Like, and so you know, he was trying to cure himself, and it kind of made him a living. That's why he's called Morbius, the living vampire. Exactly. Yeah, because he's not undead. He's not a proper vampire. Is so. there a lot of Morbius Blade crossovers? Oh, like, there was a there was a a, a a fair bit in in the day. They did cross paths. Um, yeah, a, a couple of times. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool. Like, you know, because the Daywalker... Because um, didn't Blade turn up in Tomb of Dracula? Wasn't that, wasn't that where he started? I think. I think I'm right in saying that. I could be I wrong. Think, I think you... Oh, I think you may be... I don't know. I just had a feeling no. was wrong. No. no. He was in some horror book. Mm. I think, but I can't remember what it was called. I, I'm typing into Google now. Was, yeah, we're going, yeah, I mean, you're going quite far back. Because, I mean, Blade's from, like, the 70s, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Was Blade in Tomb of Dracula? I think he was, Rich. I think that's where he started. I could be wrong. But um, he was... Blade was introduced to supporting character in Marvel Comics' Tomb of Dracula, issue 10, written by Marv Wolfman and penciled by Gene Colan. In The Artist Recall in, in 2003, Marv told me Blade was a black man and we talked about how he should dress, how he should look. Very heroic looking. That was my input. So that's where he started, at least, anyway. You know, Blade um, in Tomb of Dracula, which makes sense. I mean, he's going after Dracula. He's going after the big guy, you know? Did you ever watch the Blade TV series? Oh, I tried to, but <laughs> um, it, this is the problem because, like, you know, um, you've got to – it is very hard um, to to recast. And, yeah. you know, and that I can't remember the guy that they got, but he just wasn't – he wasn't Wesley Snipes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and, and the, like I do agree, it is hard to recast. Yeah, but it's not impossible, and um, you know, uh, but also sometimes I think maybe you also have to acknowledge that you you got to do something a bit different. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if you uh, again, one of my favorite TV shows, Stargate. Yes. Um, you know, let, let's be honest, Richard Dean Anderson is not Kurt Russell. No, but he said like I can't do Kurt Russell. You know what I mean? So I'm going to have to try and make the character my own. Sure. And so then he, you know, but people loved it, but he wasn't trying to be. The problem is, is I think with this guy, I think he was trying to be Wesley Snipes. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. he was trying to be um, Wesley Snipes' Blade. And I think he maybe should have tried to make the character his own. Yeah. Because you, you just can't do it. Yeah. Because that's kind of what uh, Ewan McGregor did as well. You know, I mean, Ewan did kind of make Obi-Wan um, his own character as well. Like, mm. you know, like I, I always feel like there's two distinct Obi-Wans. Mm. I thought he did a pretty good Alec Guinness, though, you know. 
Yeah, but I mean, I mean, how easily can you do Ali Guinness as like a, a sixteen, a seventeen, eighteen year old kid? Oh, you can. Because that's kind of how he started. That's my point. Like, you know, he he did bring a bit of, but he also wanted to make, you know, he wanted to bring his own yes bit of uh, personality and 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 take on the character and kind of blend it and mix it and then you know what I mean. So, mm. uh, uh, because what I think was clever is that he slowly really he slowly becomes more yes. The Ali Guinness one, you know what 100%. I mean, as he sort of gets older. But I mean, but but not having to be so Ali Guinness sort of in the first two movies allows him to let people sort of connect with that character in a different way, in his way. Yeah, no, it gave it gave it some space, kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I was just looking at some Blade comics, and he had a cool one in the nineties called Night Stalkers. Do you ever ever see that one, Rich? Yes, yes. That that that's the one I more remember Blade from than obviously the Tomb of Dracula. It looked pretty cool. Like uh, Night Stalkers, uh, look look like a pretty cool comic. Was it cool? Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Again, it's just your typical like vampire, um, uh, and that's where I think I may have uh, um, uh, Morbius may have actually showed up in that comic. Sure, yeah, at at some point, if I remember correctly. But again, those guys are featured in so many um, uh, comics and different titles. Yeah. Over the years, but Night Stalkers was very, um, very nineties. Well, that's good. I, I love that kind of stuff. You know that. You know what I mean? It's very, very nineties. It's like you know, big guns, uh, big swords. It's got that nineties kind of like art. Well, I got a, I got a, um, I got a uh, one that you probably would like. That you, you know, it's called Spirits of Vengeance, a trade paperback I got the other day. Johnny Blaze and Dan Ketch stand by, uh, race side by side as the Spirits of Vengeance. And that's got a Night Stalkers issue in there. And I think I just click, clicked it open and I think I saw, if it wasn't Morbius, it was someone who looked a hell of a lot like Morbius. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on here in this Night Stalkers. Looks like a lot of fun, man. You know? Well, if I remember, I, I, think, I think Doctor Strange formed the Night Stalkers, if I remember. It's called Rise of the Midnight Suns. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's three, it's three characters. Uh, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure it was three. Cool. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm down for that. But uh, uh, it was all three people who had fought Dracula, right? Uh, in the I don't know if it was other stuff or in that tomb of Dracula. I don't know. But I remember there was three guys. One of the guys like was this like you know big macho guy with like the big gun. Mm. You know, obviously then you had Blade. You know, more of the the you know the sword. Sort of guy and uh, um, sword wielder. What was the other guy? I can't remember the other guy was the rider. Did you say the rider? No, not the rider. It's not, um, yeah, the rider's in it, man. The rider's in it, dude. What are you talking about? In in Midnight Suns, yeah, it's the mm. it, the rider's in it. It's called it's he maybe he, no, 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 he may be in it, but I don't <coughs> think he's he's part of it. Hannibal King, the character played by uh, um, yeah, Ryan yeah, Reynolds. That, that, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Mm. Yeah. See, I know, I know my stuff, man. I, you know, you don't catch me asleep too often at the wheel. Uh, mm. now, but I don't, mm. I don't, but I don't remember the rider being part of the the Midnight Suns, the group. He may have showed up. Dude, he's in this fucking book called Rise of the Midnight Suns. Again, he may be in it, but I don't <laughs> remember him being actually part of the team. Oh, man. I mean, he's, he's shooting in and out of it, I bet. He's got a lot of stuff on his plate yeah. in the 90s, the rider. The, yeah, yeah. You know. but I'm just saying he wasn't actually part of it. Like he was not. He was not part of the the crew. Uh, what? Uh, let's go to Google here. Are you saying is you're saying Ghost Rider isn't part of the regular crew of the Midnight Suns? Is that right? 
That is correct. Midnight Suns, Ghost Rider. Because I think, here's the thing, I think they may have been in a Ghost Rider book. Mm-hmm. Well, Richard, are you, Ghost are, Rider you, wasn't. are you prepared to make a groveling apology? Are you ready? Because I'm going to read out okay. to you Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. it's I, I, I literally just had a thing. Okay. Uh, former members. So current members has just got Elsa Bloodstone. This is the kind of shit Marvel version. But it's got former members. Ghost Rider, Daniel Ketch. Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze. Oh, so both Ghost Riders. Morbius, the Living Vampire. Blade, Eric Brooks. Hannibal King, Louise Hastings, Victoria Montesi, Sam Buchanan. So he is definitely part. Of, I mean, both of them are part of it, man. So there's both riders are part of it, dude. It's it's both riders, man. So okay, I'm sorry. I just remember Doctor Strange forming the group, and he formed it with the three of them. I don't mm. actually remember Ghost Rider being there when yep. when when the, when they formed. Well, um, you know, here we go. The Midnight Suns is a fictional team of supernatural superheroes appearing in America comics published by Marvel, including Hellstrom, Jennifer Kale, Morbius, Werewolf by Night, Doctor Strange, and Ghost Riders Johnny, Danny Ketch, and Johnny Blaze. The team first appeared in Ghost Rider 31. Uh, from December 93 to August 94, Marvel branded all stories involving the group with a distinct family imprint and cover treatment. Bang. So all of them. So Doctor Strange is there as well. Stephen Strange, man. You know? Ed. Again, I don't remember I don't remember Ghost Rider being in any of the comics I read of them, so I think your memory's faulty, my friend, because I think he's all over it. I think he's no, I all over it. He I'll tell you what, why don't you get your hands on the books and you tell me how often well, he appears? Well, I'm looking at the book now, Richard, called Spirits of Vengeance, Rise of the Midnight Suns. That's what it's called. And Johnny Blaze and Dan Ketch race side by side as the Spirits of Vengeance. Marvel's Midnight Suns rise to face a hellish threat like no other. Former Ghost Rider Johnny Blaze joins Dan Ketch, his successor, and fellow Suns, including Morbius, Blade, the Night Stalkers, and the Darkholder of Demons, in the fight against Lilith, Mother of Demons, and her horrifying progeny. Then Blaze. Okay, sorry, sorry. I thought we were talking about the Night Stalkers comic. Sorry. Okay. Well, the Night Stalkers are their own. What are you talking about? The Night Stalkers are their own thing, man. They're, yeah, they're, they have their own comic. And, yeah, um, they're their but own. One, but you said this book is called Spirit of Vengeance. Spirits you know, of Vengeance, Rise of the Midnight Suns. It's it's a trade paperback collection. Oh. It does include Night Stalkers 1 in okay. the collection. So Because I, rem- I remember reading the Night Stalkers comic, which I think was a six-part, and as I said, I just I don't remember... I don't remember Ghost Rider being in No, there. Ghost Rider wasn't in the Night Stalkers, man. But together... Oh, okay. well, but that's, that's where we're getting confused. Well, Sorry, I'm talking we're about Midnight Suns. I'm talking about Midnight Suns, man. Midnight Suns, dude, is where it's at. Sorry, sorry. I thought we were talking about Night Stalkers. My apologies. No. Oh, apology, ex- apology accepted, my friend. You know, and then we'll have to keep rolling because don't forget, it's the 90s. Blood, death, and carnage was the name of the day, and Dave was at his happiest. You know what I'm saying? Back then, oh, can you imagine like a comic now with all those great characters, like I both? Awful if it was written now, I'm sure it would. Uh, <laughs> breaking, breaking news: House of the Dragon season two reportedly enters development. So, my God, this is the. Uh, I know you hate prequels and Game of Thrones, so I'm sure you really hate the Game of Thrones prequel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're waiting with bated breath. All I can hope is: Do you think we'll see some boobies in the in the um? You know, in the in in the, in the prequel, or are they going to abolish boobies? 
So that was a big factor in me like oh there probably will be I'm, I'm sure that's probably why so many guys sat through it with probably um yeah their lady friends to watch it that's, i know i sat through it for that reason i got very <laughs> excited if you remember how excited i was when it first came on screen um you got here a show that you'd completely forgotten about uh modok which is actually quite a poor show i did try to watch it uh has been cancelled after one season it wasn't a great show frankly yeah, well, I mean, what a waste of a, a, a cool, interesting character. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer is open and hopeful to Johnny Depp returning as Jack Sparrow to the Pirates franchise. He made a comment which was very much, he was hedging his bets, frankly. He mm. was like, I, I can't see it at this point, but we not never say never. He was he danced around the topic, which, frankly, you can understand, like considering the court case is dragging on. Uh, well, do you, can I just say something that's so hilarious, right? There's people now telling Disney that they need to replace the Jack Sparrow mannequin, the the animatronic, right, uh, in the on the ride, right, with um, Margot Robbie, who hasn't even been in a fucking pirates movie yet. Yeah, fuck that shit. Like, how stupid is that? Like, my God, the woman hasn't even had the you know you know apparently she's giving the next, she's the main character in the next pirates movie. I mean, the movie hasn't even come out, and you're demanding that she yeah. gets the animatronic. But, 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 who are you to demand it as well? Like Disney will do what they want to do. That's all these Twitter people, man. Yeah, but like Disney, the corporation will decide what they want to do with their fucking pirates yeah, of Caribbean ride. No, but Disney Disney has has seemed to have a record lately of of. Um, Acquiescing. Oh yeah, well they'll do anything to avoid bad press. That's always been the way ever since the ever since the first days, where you know he allegedly had ties to Nazis. You know. But also, I just want to say to people, like, you really need to separate the actor from the character. Yeah. Well. You know, Jack Sparrow can exist. Mm. He can live on. He's not Johnny Depp. Sure. Johnny Depp portrayed. Although he did Jack bring a Sparrow. lot of his own character to that. Portrayal. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. That's what an actor does. I so know. it's not it's not it's not Johnny Depp just dressed up as a pirate. It is Johnny Depp acting mm. as the pirate Jack Sparrow, and that character now exists separately from Johnny Depp. It's not it's not sure. the same person. I know, but he's very associated with that character, and he did build the character. Okay, so, what, so, so what you're saying then, right? I'm just so saying he built the character. No, no, That's all I'm saying. I'm just going to say so many people associate Margaret Robbie now with Harley Quinn, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say. I would say she had been around more though, whereas he brought that live action. She did. They do, no, but they could recast you, it. Yeah, but I'm saying, would you say to people, let's say Margot Robbie did something. Let, let's say Margot Robbie did like four movies of Harley Quinn, right? Mm. And everyone's like, "Oh my God, Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie," and then Margot Robbie does something absolutely disgusting. Would you be happy if DC said, "Well, we're not going to be doing anything um, Harley Quinn related no, because not at all. Margot Robbie fucked up"? Not at all. I but I, but I don't think they should cancel. Captain Jack Sparrow, either, yeah, mm. not at all, well, dude. I, I'm, I, I think Amber Heard is a poisonous, lying bitch, frankly, and and I don't, I think it's all bullshit, like really, and I, and I think the Jack Sparrow character and those movies made a ton of money. I can understand that they were getting some cold feet about Johnny Depp, who I'm sure was quite difficult to work with at times too. Let's not paint him as oh, an angel, oh, you know. He's a, you know, he's he's got some problems. He's got some demons, but. Yeah, I don't care. And no, certainly, if something happened with Margot Robbie, which I'm sure it won't, but I, you know, they could recast Harley Quinn. Um, you know, I think easier than they can recast Jack Sparrow. I think Jack Sparrow is harder to recast than, than Harley Quinn uh, as Margot Robbie. 
because I, I, you know, I think Harley Quinn has been around and depicted by quite a few different people uh, in comics. I'm not saying it would be easy, but it could be done. You know, um, Jack Sparrow. Look, I I agree with you in from a comic book person who Mm. has known how long. But I'm talking about the regular people on Twitter probably only know Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yeah, although the video game I'm thinking of as well, the, the Arkham City, and also I think with the makeup. You can do. I could, I'm saying you could do it, and they will do. They will do it. Like before, like she, Margot Robbie will only play Harley Quinn for a certain period of time. You know, it's a it's a role that you age out of. Um, by the way, I feel the same with obviously Amber Heard. I feel like you, no, no, no. You 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 can recast the Mera character. Yeah, but uh, the Mera character should should not disappear because um, Amber Heard is an awful human being. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. I oh, just you should you, you should just say look that's a character, yeah. and going forward we will not have Amber Heard play Mera. I will say this as well, uh, and like and, and like honestly before this events I didn't care at all about Amber Heard. I actually thought she was pretty hot. That's about as much as I thought about it. Her imprint on Mira is very minimal compared to his imprint as Jack Sparrow. He he headlined multiple movies that took billions of dollars no, she was agree, a but, bit but character don't forget, but don't forget they, like what didn't that petition have like three million signatures mm. to have her replace in the movie like i'm coming come on but if man. they did I, I, look i don't care i'm just saying if they had have replaced her i wouldn't have given a shit you know like if they had it's all i'm saying if, if yeah but even if she's like super prominent in the movie i'd still go watch the movie because i'm like i can yeah. separate the totally I can separate the actor from totally, the Totally, dude. Yeah, are you fucking kidding? That's not even going to slightly stop me. Regardless of my personal feelings about her, that she's a bitch, I mean, she's still pretty fucking hot, and, and like, I'm sure she can yeah. punch a line. She, oh, dude, you don't... So yeah, yeah, but, but all, all I'm saying is, like, it's not going to stop me from watching Aquaman 2. Yeah, you know? yeah, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, I wish more people were like that instead of... Doing these petitions to well, you know, there there would be a point. Characters removed from movies, and I'm like, you you're not hurting the actor, you're hurting the character. If the- if Jason Momoa got done on some really bad charge, that was really bad. I don't even want to say the kind of but something really bad that would probably t- taint me from. If it was really bad, I'm not talking about something that's you know a he said she said kind of who knows something where he was without a doubt one of the worst human beings on the planet. I, that would give me pause to not watch Aquaman 2. It would take something pretty fucking major, is all I'm saying. Like, something really shocking. But that applies for most people. But in general, with these so-called scandals, they don't even, they're not even blips on my radar, really, honestly. Like, people have been talking about this Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. I don't really care. If Johnny Depp's in a new movie that's good, I'll watch it in a heartbeat, you know? Um, I wouldn't even think about Aquaman. Like, I think she's such an inessential part of Aquaman. I quite enjoyed the first Aquaman. Listeners will remember, I don't actually mind it. I'm not not saying it's a fantastic movie, but I didn't mind it. Um, I'll watch Aquaman 2 for sure, regardless of how much she's in it. doesn't worry me, you know? But I think we're a little bit less easy. I mean, I I, I know I am. I'm, I'm, I'm not that easily offended by this kind of stuff. To me, it's just news. You know, I, I, I like to watch a movie like Morbius. Everyone told me how shit it was. You know, don't watch it. It's so shit. It's a waste of time, this and that. Uh, I ended up watching it. And I was like, eh, it's like a 5.5 to a 6. But, like, it's a bit of fun as well. Like, it's a fun 5.56, if you know what I mean. Like, your expectations, my expectations were low. And, well, it seems it, it's got, like, 71% with audience. Yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes, which it's is not, not great. terrible. It's not great, but it's a bit of fun, Rich. You know, yeah, but, and, dude, 
17% from critics to 71% audience. Yeah, but it's the kind of movie critics love to hate because it's not that well. Yeah, but well... that's what I'm saying. But again, it wasn't made for them. It, no. You know, if, if a general audience is like, hey, you know what? It's a good, you know, six out of ten, you know, mm. maybe seven out of ten on a good day. You're like, okay, well, I mean, that's, you know, how many movies I've watched that are six, sevens out of ten? Exactly, tens? exactly. You know, and and different movies you're in different moods for. Like The Northman, I want to watch. But for that, I want to sit down. I want to really kind of experience it, you know. Morbius, I threw on on a Thursday night just so I could do it for the show with a cup of coffee with that attitude of like, okay, just a night at home, just, just kind of chilling, you know. Um, different movie, like we talk about the Transformers movies. I've watched plenty of the Transformers movies. They're not great movies, but you, you go in with a low expectation to have a bit of fun. You know, different different moods for different movies at times. Not not everything needs to be a really serious, searing piece of art. You know, like sometimes yeah, look, it's just I, a bit I, of fun. Honestly, I didn't even really hate the first Transformers movies, but I did hate them as they went on. Yeah, no, they <laughs> they, they got worse. I mean, yeah, I agree. They also were too long. They were, they were oh, yeah. way too long for what they were. So, the, yeah, there were heaps of problems in them. But I'm just saying, when I would watch them, if I was in that mood with a bowl of popcorn, I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of more just enjoying that my Transformers from my childhood are crashing around on screen, you know? Um, that was kind of my favourite part. But anyway, um, now our final news item, uh, Joel Kinnaman stars in Joe Wu's action film Silent Night. So a new... Um, a new John Woo movie, which feels like a long time since John Woo's made a Hollywood film. Rich? Uh, I think it has been a long time. Yeah, yeah. So who is this actor? What's he from? Who's Joel uh, Kinnaman? Joel Kinnaman. Oh, uh, that's the guy from uh, Suicide Squad, isn't it? Ah, uh, who played Rick Flagg, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he was also okay. in that awful Robocop movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it, it wasn't great. I agree. Compared it to it, really original. sucks that even Michael Keaton was in that horrible Robocop movie. That he was, said. yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But you know, it is what it is, Rich.
So just wrapping up on Night Stalkers, I've just been reading up on it. Like, so the Vampire Hunters Blade and Frank Drake and Private Detective Hannibal King. We should track this down yep. and we should do some of it. The series initial writer was writer DJ DG Chichester, who I and Pencil Rongani and Inca Tom Palmer. I mean, they're all, you know, like well respected people. After 11 issues, Stephen Grant took over scripting. I mean, that's a great creative team. Um, and I can tell you that mm-hmm. D.G. Chichester, uh, he appears uh, regularly on Capes and Lunatics with Phil and Lilith and Charlie and all those guys. Um, he's, he's, he's got like nice. a sort of like, I think it's, a, you know, once a month kind of thing. Um, like he's a regular returning guest and mm-hmm. um, he's a really good friend of their show. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that, that, I mean, D.G. Chichester... Pencil Rongani and then Stephen Grant coming on to back cleanup. That's not terrible, you know. That's that's a fairly well respected team, if you ask me. And on a fun on a fun concept, um, Davey's saying bring it on, you know. I, As I said, I I enjoyed it back in the day. I've got a comment for you, Rich, and and, and you know, make you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just said to Michelle when we we're watching Morbius, I was like, man, if you're a vampire. It'd be tough to resist going kind of bad, you know. You know how it's always like blades, like the living vampire killing all the other vampires. When I see the powers of the vampire in Morbius, I'm like, I can understand why they're drawn to the darkness and the feasting on humans and stuff. You know, I, I, I think if little uh, Davy got infected, he, I might struggle to stay good. You know. 
Honestly, I, I think it's just any power really would be so difficult not to go, you know, because... Yeah, but, like, you're you literally know, feeding it, it, off it's humans. It's so convenient. But you're feeding off humans. Well. No, but that's my point. Like, yeah, but, I mean, but but what I'm saying is that that's the extreme. I think anyone with any power would... It'd be difficult not to use that for selfish or, sure. you know, um, evil. Because, again, you know, because humans, unfortunately, at the end of the day, we are a bit petty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Uh, it, yeah, having a power, you just be like, I could just take what I want, or I could just, you know, I could just kill this guy. Would you be like, <laughs> would you be like Booster Gold, where it was kind of self aggrandizement, or have you say it? You know, like it was kind of. Like I mean, honestly, it, it it would be very hard because I mean, you know, Booster is right about one thing. You know, you got to have money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cash. and 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 especially with Booster, I mean, he's from the future. He can't exactly just walk into, you know. Yeah, uh, Daily Planet and and get a job. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you might want to be a superhero. I mean, that's why I had an idea for a comic, right? Mm. About a guy that um, by day he's a superhero and by night he's like a criminal. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, uh, where he he wants to be a hero, but like you know he's you know got money problems and yeah. you know he can't hold down a job and stuff and all that, and so he. He's almost like a, a villain and and a hero, and uh, and he's keeping up this facade of like, oh, I'm a hero during the day, and by night I'm like robbing banks, and you know, that's cool, <laughs> and, and like and stuff. So that because I think that seems a bit more like that is would be for like a. a and did he have powers? What powers? Yeah, yeah. Cool. You should do that comic, Rich. Do a man, mini. I have so many ideas. Do a mini, man. Do a, <laughs> like why not do a mini? You know, like I'm talking like a like a three parter, say. Like you know, write and draw it. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah. I mean, I got a, I got a big fucking notepad here of so many ideas that I, I like that I idea. That 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 idea you had, I like. You know, I like that. I'd make it a lot darker than you would. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. <laughs> but I like the. Con- Don't worry, I, I know. You I would. like the basic concept of what you're saying. That's a good one. I also liked your one about the. Um, it was like a magician detective. Okay. Yeah, again, that's another one. That I like been, the visuals on that too. You showed me the visuals on that, like the character design. I like that. And now I know it's hard. I, I, I know it's very easy for me to green light ideas, but I did mm. like I like the concept, the high concept of what you just pitched about the superhero who's a villain. And I and I like the visuals on the magician detective because that looked like you'd put some time in for sure, mm. you know? Well, that's why, that's why I said, like, if you were to get powers, like, I mean, you know, there's so many ideas and stuff I'm going to work on, but, like, you know, of course, I've got to do my job and got to get money and, you sure. know, got to do all the other shit in life. And that's why I think to myself, it would be so difficult to not just be like, oh, I'll just go rob a bank and, you know, then I've got yeah. this money and then I can do the stuff that I want to do. And I've got the, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. why I say it must, it would be so hard, like, to just go not take the easy, the, the, the easy route, you know. And, the easy and just, route, like, yeah. But, like, isn't there some saying about the Jedi, like the fast routes, the, you know, quick to anger? What's the what's well, that? The, I mean, the Christ is even the, the the Uncle Ben famous quote, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Whereas so, yours, like, you know, yours, like, 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 yours is like all power corrupts. Yours is like all power corrupts. Yours is like all power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely kind of thing. You know. Well, I mean, kind of, but it's also that thing of like you know because again you know you, you're talking about human people. I mean, this is a, like the, again the idea for the story is this guy wants to be a hero. Yeah, mm. he loves he does he loves helping people. He wants to be this hero, but sure. again, he doesn't have money. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't you know, you, it's very hard to hold down a job when you're trying to be a hero. You know, because 
that's the thing about comics obviously you know because superman and batman they make it look so easy you know having a secret identity and mm. and well for batman's a bit easy because he's fucking rich already but you know yeah. like superman you know has to juggle has got to like you know be this reporter but still try and be and so i always thought to myself what like what it must be like for someone like in in, in a real world situation where mm. you know could you keep disappearing from your job to be a hero and save the day you keep sure. getting fired from your job you know unemployment you're not getting money you got to pay your rent you know all that sort of crap you know i just i thought it must have just be an interesting idea for um you know to, to well, explore. i like it i like it man and um yeah de- definitely that's that's one to keep going on now um weekly comics this week uh let me just bring up the weekly comics the mm. first one up was wolverine patch two um i enjoyed mm. this i i did find the story a bit confusing but i love the visuals uh, and I loved the sense of fun, and it was a real classic Wolverine. It was good to see him like slicing and dicing. Uh, really nice Ooh, there's artwork. A lot of slicing and dicing. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. That was a plus for me. Andrio Davido, who we did last week as a coincidence from Brath, um, was doing the artwork on this. You pointed that out to me, Rich. Um, so that was Very that good. was that was fun. I mean, I'm giving it eight out of ten. I really enjoyed it. And Lethal Larry Hammer back on Wolverine duty. Mm-hmm. This one was a lot better. Um, uh, my, my, I think one of my issues was a bit of the dialogue in mm. the first issue, but um, uh, d- definitely turned a corner in this one. Much better. A um, lot going on in it, which is really cool. You know, you've got oh. Shield and Nick Fury yeah. up there in the clouds. You've got like the two proper di- Nick three Fury, different factions. The proper Nick Fury as well. You know. <laughs> yes. The OG. Yeah. Well, exactly, and, and um, that's the one we want. Yeah, and and there's obviously there's something going on with three different factions. You know, there's two bad factions, one oh. good uh, faction type thing, and all that. Wolverine's kind of caught in the middle. Sorry, patches uh, <laughs> or patch. Sorry, patch is caught in the middle of it. Um, I just love how you know people turn around and say that uh, 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 Clark Kent's glasses is a stupid disguise. Well. <laughs> Wolverine took that up a notch with a with an eye patch, <laughs> patch. and he's still like he can still. But it's really fun, no? Yeah, he can still regenerate, and he has the claws, and it's like it's not much of a disguise at all. He wears yeah. a tuxedo a lot of the time, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like it puts it puts Clark Kent's disguise to shame in yeah. terms of like how easy it is to see through. But mate, oh, fantastic art, mm. really good action. I'm really enjoying the story. Um, there's a lot of plates. Being juggled, but being yeah. juggled well. It's great to see um, that heli carrier up really, in the clouds. As I said, again, I feel like like this just makes me feel happy. Like mm. reading, you know what I mean. This this reminds me of what it was, how fun it was reading comics back in the day when sure. you had these cool stories of just like action and you know what I mean. It's not, yeah, yeah. um, it's not bogged down or weighed by anything. It's just fun. It's Good, good action. It's a good story going on at the moment. It's only two issues, but I'm I'm interested in yeah. the characters in the story. You got the KGB there. There's you know there's drug lords. There's uh, dictators. There's mm. Shield. You know what I mean? There's mm. as I said, so many plates. But really enjoy and the art. Oh my god, the art really helps this book a lot because the fucking action is awesome in it. No, it's great. So what are you giving it out of ten, Rich? Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten for me too. Then we had Batman Superman World's Finest. Frankly, can I be honest? Wasn't my favourite issue of all time. And in fact, I think Mark Wade needs to up his game. Um, I, I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was a good ending with, with the sort of devil character controlling Alfred. But I found, I, I don't know, I was really tired when I was reading this, but I was struggling to stay awake. I, I did not find this was that interesting, uh, a Batman Superman book. What did you think, Rich? Um, 
No, no, but I mean, I think this is this book is the expedition. Uh, expedition. No fucking hell. Exposition. I can't even speak tonight. Exposition dump. Is yeah. Um, uh, and and that's why because um, it's filling in the the backstory of the villain and um, the history of the, the 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 characters. But I mean, um, again, it's 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 still good. You know what I mean? It's still uh, I, I still feel like I'm reading a, a, a good overall Batman Superman book. Mm. Um, uh, you know, uh, I I quite like the um, uh, I like that. I mean, he's even got the Doom Patrol in for God's sakes. You know what I mean? They've yeah, got a little well, side I, story I, going I on. I just didn't find it was um, that good, man. Like I've got to be honest, I was like, is this as no, good again, as you it's get? Not, Mark it's not good. I mean, I'd give I give it a seven out of ten. But mm. as I said, unfortunately, the thing with comics, you know, you, you've just got to have that. You've got to have that one issue, unfortunately, where you've just got to give a lot of information. Sure. Um. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how many issues he's got. Mm. You know, it could be a, a six issue before there's got to be the next storyline or something like that. So, you know, I'm not sure how many issues he's got to work with, but I feel like this was him just being like, "Look, I got a, I got a lot of information because there's a lot of other stuff happening, maybe in the next three issues." Yeah. So, it, it, does it uh, slow down a bit from the first two issues for sure? Um, I definitely wouldn't rate it as high as the other ones. I think we gave the other ones like an eight. I'm giving this and a like six point five. Out of 10. I'm it's it definitely a, a bit slower. I'm, I'm, but you know, it's, yeah, I'm giving it a seven because the art is really good and, um, and you know what? I, again, the dialogue is better than a lot of other comics that, um, yeah, we, I just we've feel read. Like, so, I feel like Mark uh, White could do a lot not better. Not the best. Than this. I mean, certainly Patch is better. Mm. I mean, it just feels to me like Mark White could do a well, lot better. Well, let's see. Than as this, I said, yeah. maybe by issue four, we're like, oh, we're back on track. So yeah, okay, six point five for me. Again, he seven probably from you? could, but you know, let's see. Maybe issue, f- maybe, maybe issue four, we like, oh, good, we're back on track. It's you know, it's it's going again and and stuff. Mm. We'll see. Okay, agreed. Now, so what did you give it? Seven. Yeah. Okay, and I gave it six point five. Now, seven then, out of ten. Okay, then we had a book that I actually really enjoyed: Hulk versus Thor: Banner War. Can I, Alpha? Can I say I actually genuinely, I think it's ridiculous what's happening with Hulk, how he's a spaceship or whatever. But the actual issue and the fight, <laughs> I, I dug it. I actually thought it was a bit of fun. Like I, I, I was surprised by how much I liked this. Um, what did you think, Rich? Um, I, I agree. Um, the action, the art in it is fantastic. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's one sort of long slug fest. Mm. Um, there's some cool stuff in it. I, I, I also agree with you that this whole, like, um, Hulk spaceship bullshit. You oh, know, it's ridiculous. Of, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, like, it's, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, because I like the idea of smart Hulk fighting, um, Thor, right? Because mm. as even Bruce says, uh, he's always fought Hulk, mm. but he's never fought me. Mm. You know what I mean? Which I like that idea. I just don't like the idea of, like, I, I prefer that idea of maybe just like Bruce Banner being in control of the Hulk and he's mm. smart Hulk. Mm. And now Bruce is like, I'm going to outsmart you. You know, I'm not going to be like the Hulk and just relentlessly attack you. I'm going to use my brain. Sure. It's just in the way that it's been done with the whole, like, oh, it's terrible. Uh, I've, I've created a mind palace, oh. which, you know, is and running. I, I'm just like, I really don't like that. It's, it's so stupid. Can I ask a question? Um, it's just so dumb. But, but like, you know how Hulk has a thing on his head? Does he need that? Because why wouldn't Thor just rip that off? 
you know, I don't, again, I don't know. I think it's just to make him look more like a spaceship. I think it's just to make him look like he's being controlled or something. Yeah, I but, don't d- think but it did, actually serves a purpose. Does Bruce Banner need that to control him? Is what I'm asking. I don't, again, I have no idea. Also, no idea. and I'm going to go a bit deeper than this. The way they talk about it, you'd think, I, I was like, what? Hulk's a spaceship? But then, but it's all metaphorical. It's still Bruce Banner's ego or whatever, identity inside the Hulk. You know what I mean? Like, in his mind, at the end of the day. Like, he's not actually a spaceship. <laughs> he's still the Hulk. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying, Rich? Like, it's kind of like if you had... You yeah, know, but, but the mental... way they've explained it is that he... Yeah. Carry on. No, no. I was just, I'm just saying, like, that at a certain point, I, I, I just feel as if they, they, they've, they've, they talk about it as if he's an actual spaceship. He's not. He's the Hulk, who's controlled internally by the identity of Bruce Banner. Like that's the, the end of the day. That's what it is, right? It's like Bruce Banner's got a controls of the mind in his head, and even though he's not, even though it's not Bruce Banner walking around outside, it's the Hulk. He's piloting the Hulk identity. Correct, feeding off the anger and blah blah blah, all that shit. Yes, but I, I think someone read about mind palaces uh-huh. uh, recently and thought, "Oh, that's a really good idea. I'm going to make like Bruce Banner's created a mind palace in 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 the Hulk brain, and he's using the Hulk as the engine." And it's like it's just so fucking stupid. Seriously, it, what makes it even more stupid is they're stringing this out for more than about two issues because I think this is a fucking two issue idea. You know, like, like if you did this as a as a two or three issue arc, I think it's interesting. But to do this as the crux of your whole run just shows me how bereft of ideas Marvel are. Like, they're just like, well, thanks, Donnie, for that. We're going to string that out for two years. And it's like, mm, two years? It's going to run pretty thin pretty quick. No, that's okay. We can spin it out. Okay. All right. And it's, it's, like, it's like he found out what a mind palace is, and he's like, oh, I'm going to do it like Star Trek. What's a mind palace? I've never heard of a mind palace. So, my, so the, the, a mind palace is something where you basically you you create um, a place in your mind where you can go to where you can basically access knowledge uh, or all the knowledge you've. Uh, it, the, the, it, it got quite big. That's what Sherlock did in the TV show okay. uh, with uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Uh-huh. He could like create a mind palace where he reenacts everything. He can pick uh. any information up that he has stored uh. in there. It, it's a way of remembering things and all that. Um, uh, and recalling things. As I said, I think Donnie is just, you know, he's like, ooh, Mind Palace. I love that idea and all that. And I'm just like, I mean, yeah. But, right. I mean, so it's, it's, it's like the way, in Sherlock. The way you've done it is a yeah. bit stupid. So in Sherlock, I've not watched Sherlock, obviously, but like basically, I would like to watch it one day because I like Sherlock Holmes. So basically, what you're saying is he, he kind of almost replays it like a simulation in his head, but like as a movie kind of thing almost. And he's just no, watching. No, no. So basically, no, so what he's almost done is he's like create for for Sherlock he's almost like created a library, uh, right? In his head, and then in his head he walks around the library, and when he wants to access information and recall things, it's like he t- picks up a book out of off the shelf. Oh, uh, right. And and you know he's in a Sherlock is reading the thing, and then obviously that's how you know. So all the information he's stored, and he's created this like library, this place where he can walk and. And, and pick the information that he needs to recall things and to solve stuff and all that sort of stuff. Hmm. I think it's an interesting idea for a TV show. You everyone's know. mind palace is different. The whole point the, the whole point is everyone's mind palace is different. 
the whole point of a mind palace is you create the 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 thing that helps you in whatever it is you're doing so not everyone's mind palace is the same that's why uh, bruce banner's mind palace is a fucking spaceship oh, bruce, uh, like it's just ridiculous man like like it's just so like you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of when you hear people with severe mental illnesses talk about um their delusions and stuff and how they make sense to them you know because they've convinced themselves of their reality it, it that's kind of what it reminds me of you know in a weird way you know what i'm actually surprised that some mental health advocate isn't like jumping up and down about it you know because and i'm not saying they should but i'm just like it's it's just so i don't know like it 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 feels like something a five-year-old would have come up with you know like i'm driving the engine of the train blah blah you know like this and that and then it feeds off the hulk's anger i'm kind of like you're still just the hulk with Bruce Banner inside your brain. Like, it's not that different from anything before, but just no one's ever had it so stupid as saying, it's a spaceship. Because when I read it, I was like, Hulk's a spaceship? I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, they mean it, like, metaphorically. You know? Um, also, who's the chick in there with him? Is that um, Betty or whatever her name is? That, well, that's uh, that's a, a, a mental um, right. thing of, Be- of Betty, yes. So it's she's pretend, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he's created her in, in that mind palace. I did like that Odin could actually get in there, though, because he's powerful enough to actually get inside. That was cool. At the end of the yeah, comic? That was, definitely. at least it was cool. It doesn't make much sense, but I, I guess... Yeah, I was going to say, I mean... I guess the thing is, dude, you, you can kind of, like a very mentally ill person, their insanity makes a bizarre sense to them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, honestly, like, as they get very detached from reality... Well, I mean, they have... What I was saying is, as they get very detached from reality, their rationalizations they make sense to them. They might not make sense to you or I, or, or even stand close examination, but to them, it's their way of functioning in the world. So I guess this is Bruce Banner's way of functioning. Yeah, so in essence, Rich, you didn't think the Odin stuff made much sense to you because Odin jumping into the mind at the end was kind of bizarre. Yeah, that's, yeah, because now Odin possesses Mjolnir mm-hmm. as a spirit, mm-hmm. and so it was very weird. I guess the joke was that Bruce is yelling at the Hulk in his mind, and and Thor is yelling at his ghost dad in mm. the hammer. It's weird. Yeah, look, I, I honestly enjoyed it, and that's despite the fact that I think the Hulk storyline is stupid. I'm giving it seven out of ten. I, I actually enjoyed it. What, what are you giving it, Rich? Um, I give it a six out of ten, not for story, just for good action in it. I will say one thing: um, when they did the page of all their fights, I wish they'd given that page more pop. Like, I had to study. The individual fights, I, I think that should have just been a double-page spread without it being background, just a whole page, double-page spread of all the different fights over the years, you know, rather than it kind of being inserted into background. Mm. Why not? Come on. I mean, I guess, but I mean, I don't know. The fights were pretty good in this. I don't think you needed to clutter it with previous. Well, they did. They He, he said, I'm going to access all the fights from all the other eras. He said that. Yeah, but I, I mean, clutter it with like taking up double page spreads of their previous stuff. I mean, I don't know if that 
was really I don't know if that's really necessary. It was necessary. Definitely necessary. Okay. And if I was the editor, I was said, take it back, Donny. Go again. Go again, pal. <laughs> Double page spread. Artist as well. Bring the artist in. I go, what's this within the background? I want it full page. I don't, want to, I don't give a shit what you want to do. Give me a double pager of their best of fights. Go away. You got fucking two hours. Bye-bye. You know, you want to get paid this month or not? We can replace you. You're very replaceable. That's the kind of thing I'd say, Rich. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought the action carried itself fine. Okay. Um, then we come to Way of the Rat. Uh, issue seven and eight. I'm really enjoying this, and this was the this was the white character that I think Chuck was talking about that turns up in issue eight. Rich, I think this was the character he's saying where they were saying to him, "We need a white character as well." Yes. Mm. So um, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, for me, a lot of fun. A continuing storyline. I mean, the hijinks that go on with this guy. I don't know why he trusted this this priest guy. Was he the the judge? This guy was not trustworthy. Um, and that was always going to end poorly. Would you agree? Well, that's why the monkey keeps calling him an idiot. Yeah, he is a bit of an idiot. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you are right there, Richard. Um, very enjoyable. We'll keep doing it. I mean, have you got anything special to say about Way at? I, I just found it very enjoyable. I'm giving it 8 out of 10. I, I, I love I, these issues. Anything I say about this book will just be a repeat of the previous week because sure. it's just really fun. It's really enjoyable. It's going at a really good pace. It's a really interesting... Um, uh, a story. It's got interesting characters. It's got really good action in it. It's got really good art. Like nothing's changing from from book uh, from issue one to issue eight so far. It's just continuously good. I, I, I'm enjoying the Asian setting and stuff. I don't feel it gets enough play in like Western comics, so I'm kind of enjoying that aspect as well. Like it feels a bit different to normal. Um, I will say <laughs> that um, yeah, I'm just I'm just really curious about 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 what's going to go go on. And I, I know I've not read this, so. I'd only read maybe the first couple of issues of it before, so for me this is a this is a new experience, and a, and for me a very enjoyable well, one. Can I just say again, and for someone who you know, I, I've I I do actually have a, 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 a an interest in of in um, uh, ancient China and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would much rather read something like this mm. um, than say like an Asian Superman. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, because um, this is just way more fun. It's more, um, it's more authentic. Sure. Um, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Course, it's yeah. not, you know. As I said, that's why people go, "Oh, we need like Asian representation." I'm like, "Yeah, you do. This kind of representation, this sort of fun celebration of you know your culture, your history, cool char- you know, interesting characters, mm. not just a, a hand me down, yeah, 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 you know, um, yeah, version yeah. of something." Yeah, I, this is fantastic. I, I mean. This is great. The, this this series is really great, and 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 I'm just looking forward to reading it every week. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, then we come to our trade of the week, Richard Excalibur. Your choice. Uh, the '80s comic from Chris Claremont and Alan Davis are listed as co-creators. Uh, beautiful artwork by Alan Davis, and this takes place uh, after the fall of the mutant storyline, where the X Men, I believe, die. Rich. Um, or they relocate to Australia, but we don't know that at this point. Uh, Kitty Pride was a survivor. Nightcrawler's a survivor. They go over to London and they form a team with Captain Britain. Uh, what's the other chick's name? That his girlfriend, um, McGann. McGann and um, and Rachel uh, Summers, who I've never really been a big mm. fan of, but she's actually pretty cool in this. Um, mm-hmm. And can I just say this? I remember when I was 
first I I was into comics and I was on the stands and I and I actually picked up quite a lot of Marvel like because I was Punisher Wolverine you know and, and I Iron Man my first comic and I did and I remember I was a bit intimidated by the X Men franchise just the it just felt very intimidating but Wolverine was my in but um I remember this being on shelves and I remember it being popular you know I it was I I actually have I always thought the covers looked really interesting. Um, and I never read it, but I was, it was, I, I recall it all these years later, like 30, 40 years later, I still remember it. Now, Rich, do you want to give us the pitch on this and give your initial feelings on Excalibur? Because I think this is a really, str- I've been reading the Epic Collection, I'm halfway through it, for about 220 pages. I think it's really strong. Although I will say, my caveat on that is, I think it's really strong, but I do think it goes a bit, the art at times, it, it has this kind of kiddie feel to it, which I prefer it when it's a little bit less abstract. Does that make any sense? No. No. What do you mean kiddie? I just feel uh, with 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 Claremont at times that some of the choices he makes, I just I I wish he would go a bit sort of I don't know more kind of classic action. Uh, like there's there's a whimsy. Uh... Okay, okay. so I, yes, so I, I, I'll, I'll explain that. Um, so obviously, uh, there's a, um, I need to rectify uh, Alan uh, uh, Davis. Mm. Uh, I took off writing duties in issue 42. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, him and uh, uh, Claremont co created. Now, one of the reasons I think, uh, obviously, Alan Davis has been there from issue one and mm. is a co creator is because Alan Davis used to um, do Captain Britain. Mm hmm. Um, back in the days, he was a writer and an artist uh-huh. uh, when Captain Britain had his own book. So I think he was brought on there to help with, um, you know, it being in Britain. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it, there's a lot of characters that you are sort of introduced to in the Captain Britain books and all that. Um, uh-huh. Now, the Captain Britain books were very magical, whimsy, because, uh-huh. again, it's Captain Britain. You know, it's based on, like... Um, uh, medieval law, fairy law, you know, uh, druid law, all that sort of stuff. And so there's, with Captain Britain, there's always been a heavy influence on magic, uh-huh. um, which is what is what that sort of whimsy uh. that you're talking about. And I think that is why, you know, when they were working on it, that's why I think Alan uh, Davis was, you know, working with it with Chris Claremont was to, to tap into that sort of British uh. sort of like kind of whimsy, which again, I like because for me, it sets it apart from, your yeah. your other standard sort of sure. book. I mean, I could understand if someone's like, "Oh, I just want a straight up superhero, you know, whack 'em sock 'em uh, action book." I get that, but I I like this because I really enjoyed the Captain Britain stuff, sure, which was a little bit more mind bendy, you yeah. know, um, uh, magical whimsy, as you say. Which you know, again, for me, just makes this book stand out from the other X Men books, you know, which because sure. it, it sets it apart. Mm. Um, but I, I get that if if you know, it might not be everyone's cup of tea if they're not into that whole um, uh, uh, thing. But I, that's why I like it is because it's you know, it was a it was a big change to the other X Men books in mm. terms of you know um, the setting and and sort of the the stories and the villains and uh, and, and the adventure, so to speak. And you still were grounded um, by having Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler. So then coming across, I think was really clever of Claremont because it kind of like readers like me, who are your kind of classic mainstream X-Men reader, are like, oh, well, it's still got Nightcrawler and Kitty Pride. I like those characters. 
And Captain Britain was cool. I didn't realise he was like a borderline alcoholic and sort of almost a, a bit depressed and stuff, you know? No, but, yeah, so the, the, the interesting thing about Captain Britain is that he's a character that, like, he's always second-guessing himself mm-hmm. and he always feels like he never chose the power, mm. like the power chose him in a sense, and he's always, like, um, he's always unsure of himself. Mm-hmm. He, he, he does seem to lack a bit of sort of like confidence in himself. And it just, again, it just made him uh, a bit more interesting, uh, a little less, you know, one dimensional. Sure. Uh, and then, yes, after the death of the X Men and obviously his sister Psylocke, because mm. uh, that's who is the, the original Psylocke, obviously not the when Psylocke's mind gets put into. Uh, so it was Betty, uh, um, Betsy Braddock. Betty or Betty? Betsy Braddock, that's what you said. So you're not talking uh, about the slutty Asian Psylocke, you're talking about like... No, no, Uh, the original, yeah, um, uh, uh, Betsy Braddock. Um, And so then he went heavy into the drinking after that. But again, he was already sort of drinking before that and uh, having his issues and all that. And also I think it's interesting because it doesn't help uh, because his relationship with with Megan is actually not healthy. So yeah. Megan is from the fairy world, right? So mm-hmm. she doesn't really understand, obviously, the human world. She's fascinated by it all. But she is like, she is, obs- um, I won't say obsessed. She's, uh, her identity is wrapped in in uh, in, in Captain Britain, right? Yes. In Brian. Like, it's, you know, she, she's, uh, he's he, her world. Mm. And he kind of, he does love her, but he's also, he's like, yeah, but I don't think this is healthy. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's another thing that plays on him is, is is that relationship because he doesn't feel like he can really you know like he can't really talk to her about human things no yeah you know like human emotions human problems because she just doesn't she doesn't get it you know she's very childlike in a way because she's not from this world sure and i just find it yeah i, I just find it very interesting um i love the <laughs> i love in one of the panels where um kitty's got a bit of a an attitude with this um i think this is the book where they used uh they they sort of uh, made her character a little bit more um spunky uh, yeah yeah a little bit more like aggressive yeah um and she actually in her head she calls both brian and mcgahn the blonde bimbos yeah 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 no she's good in <laughs> this like, actually kitty, I, I, very mean. i've always liked uh, kitty pride but she's good in this uh, i i think this was a clever move to give her a nightcrawler a bit of room to breathe in their own book especially her and um mm. No, I, I think it was and, a clever And, move. of course, you have Nightcrawler starting to fall for Megan as well. Oh, yeah, he wants um, to get he wants know, to get up in that uh, for sure. He, he wants to get involved. Oh, yes. Yeah. But do, yeah does yeah. he? Does he, Rich? Surely he does. No, no, he doesn't. Oh, really? Oh, well, I mean, like, I think at <laughs> one point, like, I think um, because uh, so Megan is almost like a um, an empath. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, it's why she can sort of change her her her, um, her appearance and her and her and her shape. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she can sort of like connect with creatures. And so sometimes when she's with Nightcrawler, he's longing and, mm. and his interest in her is sometimes sort of like you know because you remember that one point she was almost like turning into like a Nightcrawler version. And one point they almost so she's as very well. much like. Yes, and then she realizes, oh fuck, what the hell? Like, and he's like, oh god, stupid Kurt, stupid you fucking idiot. So, uh, but that that goes on for quite a while. But sure. um, they milk uh, and, and Brian, you know, Brian does sort of catch wind of it, and you know, does cause. Um, uh, but again, Megan is so obsessed, so wrapped up, yeah. um, uh, with Brian that like, um, you know, she just can't. She she can sometimes be overwhelmed by Kurt's feelings, but. You know, 
she'll she always basically goes back to to, to Brian. I've got a her, question. Yeah, she uh, like, explain to me the Inferno event and also the part where that train turns up and Maura McTaggart and Morrigan turn up and it's Nazis. Is that connected to Inferno? Because I've not read past that point. Like, when they turn up with the Nazi armbands on, is that just from a parallel reality or something? What's going on there? Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of again, uh, uh, parallel universes because um, there's the Captain Britain Brigade. Mm-hmm. Which there's a bunch of different Captain Britons from different uh, worlds, different uh, multiverses and stuff and all that. Mm. So you do get a lot of like the the bit of a multiverse uh, stuff happening in this book. Yeah. Um. Uh, but what I wanted to ask you yes. before we get to that, how did you enjoy the um, Juggernaut? Um, uh, enjoyable in the book. Yeah, enjoyable. I mean, I not- like the. Yeah. I like the cover where Captain Britain is like he's been stepped on and he's like in the dirt and Kane is like walking away and the Captain Britain's like, there's more where that came from. Yeah, yeah. No, I liked it. <laughs> I, I, it I, I actually wanted more of that kind of stuff. Like just the I, – look, I had a curious relationship to it because all this whimsy and stuff, it can be a little lost on me. But then I also like the X-Men stuff and I like Captain Britain and I, I liked the whole team. Like I liked the fairy – I just could have done without a bit of the war wolves at the start were a bit repetitive, but now I, I, for me, it's an enjoyable read. It's a slightly challenging read because it's not my kind of personal cup of tea, but I think it was a very clever branding to bring the X-Men over to the UK and bring over two very established X-Men characters that a lot, you know, beloved to beloved X-Men. Um, no, all in all, I I I I'm I'm I was really looking forward to it because I hadn't ever read it and I knew of it. I knew the Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler were in. I I kind of knew of it. I've never read much Captain Britain, and I actually always thought of him as a bit of a loser. But reading this, I was like, oh, he's more interesting than I expected. And I didn't expect the alcoholism and stuff. And um, yeah, no, I dug it. And I I would think that it only gets more exciting as it goes on. Rich, I had a feeling we were just at the start of the story. Am I right? Oh yeah! Oh god! Yeah! 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 Dude, this this book went on for quite a while. Like as I said, um, uh, Alan Davies took over writing juice from on from issue forty two. Well, why so, don't we why don't we say that we've done the first half of the first epic collection, and then maybe in a month or so we'll do the second half if you want? Because like I I yeah. I genuinely enjoy I'm enjoying it. You know. Now, can you explain Inferno to me? What's going okay, on in this so event? Basically, there isn't there isn't an Inferno event in Excalibur. There's a tie-in issue, I believe. Yes. Um, because the Inferno event was, um, uh, I think it was the Madeline Pryor stuff. Right. Um, uh, 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 and the, the, the X-Men slash X-Factor battle her to regain Nathan Christopher. Uh, Who is uh, the so, brother um, of Rachel Summers, yeah? Yeah, who is obviously Nate, uh, which is um, Cable. Oh, oh, right, really? Yeah. Oh, that sh- so that's the baby brother. The thing. So, oh. <laughs> so Rachel is from a a different timeline, a different like. Um, and she's the kid she's of not- of Cable and um, not Cable of Jean Jean Grey and um, Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, but from like a from a different timeline, not their timeline. Okay. A separate, like almost like multiverse timeline type thing deal. Gotcha. Right. Um, 
And so, yes, yeah, so the that, that was the event in mainly the X Men X Factor books. Gotcha. Uh, but there was a tie-in with the, you know, with all the X-Men books. All the X-Men books had a sort of a tie-in, you know, so the New Mutants had a tie-in, um, uh, and obviously Excalibur had a tie-in and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think there were even some other books. Um, that and was it was Cable Cable then? Humans. Everyone was fighting. No, 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 so he was a baby. Right, okay, gotcha, okay, right. So it's before he was Cable. Hmm. Okay. Is it before Cable even turned up? Because I know when Cable turned up in the start, he was kind of a man of mystery, wasn't he? Didn't he turn up originally and we didn't know where he was from and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So had he, had he turned up already by Inferno or not? I, oh, shit. I'll look um, that up. I'll look that up. Okay, because okay, I've never read the event. I actually own the 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 the, the X Men milestones. We'll do it on think, the show. I don't think so. I don't. I, if I remember correctly, I don't think so. Because remember, this is when um, this is when the X Men were called the, the X Factor, right? You know, when Cyclops okay. was running around in the blue and white, and Jean was running around in the yellow and uh, red. Um, okay. uh, I think, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, but I think Cable only. Turned up um, in the nineties. Yeah, I'm looking here. As Nathan Summers, his first appearance was in Uncanny X Men two hundred one in eighty six. As Cable, his first appearance is New Mutants eighty seven in nineteen ninety. So there you go. It was a, it was quite yeah. some time off because this is more like mid eighties, isn't it? Right up to Fall of Mutants about eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. No. I um, look. And is it explained about the the train that comes with Maura McTaggart? And Morrigan as Nazis is is that explained? Because I haven't got back to that bit yet. I I'd have to double check because I also again didn't have that much time, and I pretty much stopped just before the Inferno event, and I haven't read it in many many years. But I think they could be they either multiverse stuff or they demons. Right. I have to try okay. to remember. Well, because they were on the train and they were normal, and then they turn up and they and they're like they're like um, Nazis, and I was like, well, what happened on the train? Like there didn't seem to be mm. Nazis previous, but maybe they were, and it was just. They weren't wearing I think their armbands. I think it might just be demons. Okay. Like, I think. Because, again, the whole Inferno event was uh, demons, you know. Um, yeah. Madeline Pryor, the goblin. What's she called? The goblin queen? Goblin queen, yeah. Um, yeah. She, she you know, the, a lot of the X-Men and all that were battling, like, lots of demons and stuff and all that. So, I think it could be demons. But, again, I haven't read this in many years. So Isn't it hilarious that they've done the Inferno of it again now? It's like, my God, you guys don't have any original ideas of your own. Have they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. What? What? Are they doing it now, or they they just did it recently? I believe they just did it recently. Like I, okay. in, in you know, in Hickman's X Men run, they did they did in the Inferno event like recently, recently. Like I think the tr the trades just out kind of thing. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, oh I, okay. Well, again, I haven't really been reading. You know, I haven't. I guess I haven't enjoyed X Men for many. many but it's years, the classic so thing to where they're like, we're determined to show you we've got no no original concepts. You well, know. that's what I said to you. They they literally recycling not just ideas, but actual Stories. like the, the names of the. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not even trying to hide it by calling it something else. Dude, how <laughs> lame! How lame is it that people get so excited about the Hellfire Gala and they're like, "Oh, we're going to have another Hellfire Gala this week, this year," and like people mm -hmm. are going to design all these characters. I'm like, really, honestly, that's what you're excited by in a comic that people are going to turn up to a gala dressed in costumes. Like, honestly? Well, look, but but this is but this has been my sort of complaint, and, you know, and, and it's why I, you know, I have I love comics. I've loved comics since I was 10 years old, right? Sure. And, you know, I know, you know, people go, oh, you know, you always complain. It's like, yeah, but it's because I miss them and I love them. 
you know what I mean? And I, I thought I'd be collecting comics like pretty regularly my whole life. Mm. You know, like a 90-year-old man still going to the comic book shop or whatever the equivalent is mm. looking for comics. But I just feel like the people writing comics today are not really interested in, in telling character-driven stories set in like a superhero world. They're too just like, yeah, like, oh, oh we just want to do a garland, design fancy outfits for them. I'm like, well, then go be a fucking fashion designer, man. Yeah, I like, agree. I'm just like, know, well, I, well, I, well, I, I don't want to read an issue where all you're doing is just showing off frocks. I want a fucking <laughs> cool story, you know, like the X-Men used to do. Yeah, I agree. I just, I, I'm like, really, that's what's exciting you. You think that's going to bring readers into stores? Like, like the fucking fashionistas are going to flock down to the stores to buy this bullshit event. Like, I mean, it's barely an event. I would describe it as an extremely boring moment. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, like that's getting off sidetrack. But but no, but but Excalibur. I've got a question, Rich. Surely, considering the title Excalibur, do they explore King Arthur and all that? Do they go back to Arthurian times at any point in Excalibur? Surely. Oh, shit, man. They, again, they do go to a lot of fantasy realms and, okay. and, and magic realms and all that sort of stuff. So it, it stays um, heavy on the magic. That's kind of the thing of this book, is it? That's kind of it's, it's kind of like the fairy lands and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So basically, because obviously they are situated in England, yes. Britain, yeah. um, a lot of the... A lot of the, there are some villains that are like X-Men villains, but a lot of also, as I said, the, a lot of the villains are also... Um, Captain Britain villains, uh-huh. you know, and and stuff and all that. So you know, because uh, Captain Britain's brother is a villain. Um, okay. And, Who were the uh, characters again, when when I think Kitty Pride or no Nightcrawler went into this room in the lighthouse? Were they other Captain Britons that kind of attacked yes. him? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are other Captain Britain. The, the, those are because um, I think he accidentally went into like the sort of like the gateway or the and they assumed like, he was like a demon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a, a guy pops in who looks like Nightcrawler. Oh, no, yeah. Because I, I was, I was <laughs> like, a, and also, who is the chick? I, I got confused by the, this woman that kept turning up. She was a blonde lady, and she sort of seemed to take control over people. You, you know, like at one point, she took control of his ex girlfriend, and and then he started kissing her and stuff. Like, who is that character? She's kind of like the woman behind the scenes. So uh, again, uh, that is from the Captain Britain comics, right? I think it's a evil version of his Ex. girlfriend. Right, um, that'll sat- happen. Uh, Satur- Satamine. Oh, fuck, I don't even know how to pronounce it because um, you know there, there's certain words that you or names that you read, but you never hear them okay. um, said out loud. Um, Okay. So it's a character that was created again by um, uh, um, Alan Davies and someone else. I'm sorry, I can't remember their name. Sure, sure. Uh, but she's part of the. So it was called the Omniverse. Uh, Omniverse. That was it, uh, not okay. the multiverse. The the Omniverse. Okay. Um, and so basically, she's a, 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 a different version of his girlfriend from an Omniverse, and she comes to this one uh, and basically kills. The ex-girlfriend then sort of takes her place and... Oh, um, right. So she kills her. Oh, okay. I didn't realise that. Well, oh, yeah, because you see her um, her sort of like um, scorch mark uh, yeah. on the floor. Okay. Uh, oh, you know, it's in the shape of a body. Um, so I believe Death. she gets killed, yes. Death. Stalks us all, man. 
You know what I'm saying? The great. Oh, the, well, I mean, the Reaper man always catches up with you. You can't outrun it. Can't can't outrun the Reaper. <laughs> yeah, I think she, if I remember, she starts off as a good character, but I think something um, I don't know if maybe like she f- she feels uh, um, jilted or something by sure. Captain Britain or something, or he left uh, and she wanted him to stay or something, and then she kind of, um, yeah, cause, uh, she's up to something because I think the uh, it's very um, <laughs> it's so difficult to explain. That's a, I love the whimsy stuff and all that, but then sometimes. It's very hard to explain when you're dealing with magic plus omniverses and different versions and, and big catastrophes that sort of happen of, of, of you know, um, uh, alternate Earths being sort of uh, threatened and wiped out. and It's pretty cool, and though. And all that. So you like this kind of stuff, though? Like, all the, like, this is kind of like the multiverse before it became like, a, you know, the thing we hear about all the time in... Um, MCU now, like this is back in the day days, even before Morrison did multiversity. This is like original multiverse kind of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, uh, uh, pretty much pioneered by obviously the British, mm. just like you know, uh, Grant Morrison did with uh, DC. Yeah, so, um, so I'm going to look up his name now. Um, uh, Dave Thorpe and Alan Davies, okay. Um, uh, created uh, or, or pretty much uh, did a lot of work on the the Captain Britain series that I like. Cool. Okay. And and that was from like the early eighties. So prior to this, yeah, a, few, a couple of years prior. Uh, yeah, yeah, eighties, early early eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, there's two different versions of Captain Britain, right? There's the original, like the original version who runs around in in like all red. Mm-hmm. You know, has the gold staff and completely covers his face and you can see the blonde hair and then there's the cool captain britain has this costume mm. that you see in this excalibur which i love I, and I is he really like love. britain's mythical hero doesn't he lift excalibur up and stuff is that what he does is yes right? so i believe yeah he's off he was offered a choice or something of the chalice or the sword what do you take the sword i think he took the sword yes captain britain or did he take the chalice oh shit Oh, God, no, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, I just want to see if Captain Britain's holding Excalibur. Is that ever a thing? Uh, later, in in later runs, the, he, I think he chooses... I think he chose the Chalice, and then later, in, like, the 2000s, they, oh. they make it that he chooses the sword. What's a Chalice? What's a ch- when you say uh, chooses a Chalice? You know, like the cup, you know, a Chalice, a cup. Oh, like the Holy Grail thing, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Wowee, the chalice. What, what, what does a chalice do? Like give you eternal life or something? Yeah, so it's basically like uh, it's one of those things where they offer you the, like a choice and mm. obviously one is um, obviously the warrior more destructive and I believe the other one is supposed to be, you know, more um, uh, caring, nurturing, more about like maybe healing. I'd take, take the sword in the heartbeat. I'd take the sword in the I know you would, Dave. I know you would. Fuck the chalice. Like, I mean... You know, God bless the chalice, but I'm gonna take the sword and the harpy. They're like it's more healing. I'm like, no thanks, not interested. <laughs> 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 Sounds boring. Um, yeah, no, cool. Yeah, no. I honestly, uh, having read the first half of Excalibur, but sorry, to answer your question, there is some ties to to uh, uh, Merlin and all that sort of stuff. Cool. Um, not 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 so much King Arthur, but there is ties because again, it's magic stuff and all that. There is ties to Merlin. Um, Good. Good, I say. Yeah. That, 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 the good news to me. Does Merlin make an appearance? 
Uh, I'll, I, um, the ancient in, wizard. In the See, the the problem for me is I got to try and separate Excalibur stuff from Captain Britain stuff because sure. obviously Merlin does uh, 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 appear and all that in the Captain Britain stuff, but um, I think he may. Surely, he may. there's a lot of issues, man. Yeah, there's a lot of say, issues. Surely, again, I haven't read them in a, quite a few years now. Well, I will say this, Rich. You, I know you're working 27 days in a row or something. We've we've read the first half. The first epic collection. I'm literally just finished the uh, Inferno tie-in issue. Let's reconvene in, say, a month's time and finish off the second half of the epic collection. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Because I think we've we, we've fleshed out the beginning of it. I like the lighthouse too. There, there's a lot of things I like about this, and I think it was very clever of Marvel to bring over a couple of X-Men and Captain Britain and then a Captain Britain character in the fairy character and kind of titled together. I think it's a really nice amalgamation of concepts. And I bet you it was pretty popular with X-Men fans at the time because it's something a bit different from the regular X-Men. You know, it's 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 X-Men but got its own flavor kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I, I That's why I enjoy it so much is just because it's it really sets itself apart from yeah. the other X-Men books. But it also gives Kitty a, some room to breathe and gives Nightcrawler a chance to shine. And who doesn't like Nightcrawler? You know, he's cool. Yeah, I, I also like that it's a it's a fairly small team. You know what I mean? It's yeah. only five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they Well, I mean, there's Lockheed, but, you know, he does help her. But, I mean, you know, I'm talking about, like, characters that talk and... Yeah, he's <laughs> kind of more her, her, her sort of pet, you know, really, like... Yeah. You know, yeah, no, it's you know, it's good stuff. I really, I've enjoyed it. Look, I'm going to give it a seven point five, and I'm sure that that score will grow as I read more. So it's seven point five to start out with for the first half of the epic collection. That's a good score. Hmm. What are you giving, Rich? Uh, it's a nine out of ten for me. Nine out of ten. So that's because I'm, I'm I can't I can't separate it from the whole series. <laughs> sure. Um, have you got the omnibus? They did the omnibuses recently. I think two omnibuses of Captain Britain. Have you got them? Uh, I'm going to get them. Oh. I have not bought them yet, but I will be. I have got one. I've got one big um, uh, epic collection of of um, the original Captain Britain. Right. Um, but I and I've got a lot of the flop, like um, smaller volume stuff. But I will. Uh, I do want to get the big, big collections of all the Captain Britain stuff. Yeah, yeah. I look and I'm going to continue with this Excalibur stuff. I'm I've, I'm going to keep it on the iPad and keep churning with it. Now, next week coming up. Oh, by the way, the the boys season three debuts on third of June as well. I just I just got that pop up from Amazon for those who are who are watching the boys. Um, are you still watching it, Rich, or have you completely dropped off it? Uh, I no, no. It's not for you, is it? It's too it's too no. it's too violent for you. I think really at the end of the day, like. I think you, you've become. What can I say, man? man? I like I like heroes. You, you've become like in your in your old age. You've really become kind nope. of like a boy nope. scout. You know, like I've always been like that, Dave. Yeah. It's not something new. What about me? Have I always been as lost to the forces of chaos? As, you've you know? always been a sick son of a bitch. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Were you surprised when I said I would definitely take the sword in a heartbeat? Of course like, not, man. Yeah. No, not even any of the readers were like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did. Got, of course he did. <laughs> I'm looking at the Captain Britain omnibus uh, by Chris Claremont, uh, material from 1976, like late 70s, like, yeah, really late 70s into the early 80s is the first mm-hmm. omnibus, and then there's another one um, which is a bit later. Yeah, it's more 80s, Alan Moore and Alan Davis. 
Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. realize Alan Moore was involved, but there you go. Uh, so I believe he started it, and oh. then um, uh, uh, Davis and all that took over. So is that all prior to Excalibur? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe Captain Britain, the second omnibus, then goes straight into Excalibur because the timelines would be about right looking at this, you know? Uh, pretty much, yes, because the Captain Britain series did come to an end, yes. So yeah. I think this was the continuation. So I think they used also Excalibur as a continuation. Well, again, yeah. it's Alan Davis. He's worked on the... Yeah. So I think he saw this as a really good, good opportunity to just... You know, I mean, he didn't... To be fair, uh, Captain Britain doesn't sort of outshine anyone, oh. but I think he saw this as an opportunity to just continue uh, some of the Captain Britain... Um, Stuff. Yeah, for sure. And also, um, we did an Alan Davis um, book on Legion Outpost today. We did Superboy's Legion um, that he did with Mark nice. Farmer. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. I really like his art style. I love his art style. Can I say that? Like, it's. it's oh, it's. Top, this, he's in my top five, man. Uh, yeah, Alan good. Davis is one of my favorite, favorite artists of all time. He's very good. I, I definitely agree with that. Now, next week. One of my least favorite people in the world's coming on the signal, Dion. Um, <laughs> he's turning up. He's turning up, and he better behave. Frankly, he's on his last chance. Uh, he's already been making comments like that. Comic books remind me of what he's what he's reading. You know, um, Callan, his kid. You know, like it's very similar. The picture books of what what you guys read. You know how he likes to call them picture books and kids books and all this. He's coming on signal next week, Rich, to do two Warhammer forty k. Marvel um, titles, uh, Sisters of Battle and Manus Kaliga. Uh, so we're going to do two five-issue miniseries from Marvel from 40K Universe, Warhammer 40K. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. We'll have Dion on. Um, he better behave himself, don't you agree, Rich? You say it like it's a possibility. Yeah, well, it, would be, it would be nice. It would be a fucking nice change. Um, but anyway, we're going to have him on, so looking forward to that. Anything you'd like to wrap us up with, Rich? Or are we all done for tonight? Any any final comments? Any I'm, final thoughts? Uh, good night. Yeah. <laughs> good night. God bless. See you later, kids. Yeah.